Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Pickleloaf and Dr. Zong. Episode 18, Silver and Gold is back for you, and for you, and maybe for you. I am the Loaf, with me, the Zom. Yay! A Merry Christmas to one and all, or whatever it is you celebrate this time of the year, if anything at all. Happy Chanukah. Happy Chanukah, Kwanzaa, Christmas. And uh, we didn't do a Christmas episode this this week because... Because we take the Christ out of Christmas at Silver and Gold. (laughs) Uh, Somebody sent me a funny thing this week. It was uh, uh, keep the Han in Hanukkah. It was a picture of Han Solo. Instead of being a blaster, he's holding up a menorah. We are living proof that there is a war on Christmas. Um, Episode 18. And this week, uh, I guess we'll we'll try to make it Christmas themed. We'll say this is... Roger Ward's gifts to all. Oh my God! You just—how long did you spend thinking that one up? Oi, oi, they people. Oi, uh, We have 1974's biker classic. I would say Stone, and a film from 1980, um, Chain Reaction. The the Chain Reaction. Yes. Uh, both Australian films. Both. With appearances by Roger Ward. Only one of them is he naked in. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we're going to review those. Uh, Zom, what have you been up to this week? Uh, my toe is recovering. That's eh, all right. Um, let me think. I cleaned my house, which needed it badly. Um, it's no wonder that I have... Uh, you know what? Hey, I'm not. I haven't been coughing for a while. I just noticed that, but everything's fine. It's nothing going on. Uh, I can't even think of anything even remotely interesting to talk about. <laughs> I have. I've had a very crazy week um, with. Uh, well, that's good. Working well. Nah, working two retail one ish, uh, two retail jobs at Christmas time is always a little crazy. The movie theater's oh, been been busy. With a bunch of old ladies coming to see the descendants, and uh, the fucking Apple Store has just been oof, oof, oof. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty sore when I come home from work from there. I just standing and running around helping everybody with all the stuff they need, and uh, I've got tattooed this week, and I really got fucking beat up from that. I, I, it's I'm working on those of you that have seen my photos or met me. Um, I have half a sleeve on my left arm that I've been working on for fucking ever. But I uh, finally started the top half there, and um, I got really bruised up this week from it. I don't know what I don't know what's going on with that. So got a nice got a 
a broke limb if you wee you, daddy. So um, if you get a staph infection and fucking like die, should I just who who should we get to replace you? Um, Mikey. Um, okay, all right, we got that worked out. I was thinking about that last night. If I would happen to have like a heart attack or something like that, I'll find the fucking most miserable son of a bitch on the planet to take my place. <laughs> I'll, I'm gonna scrawl a quick notebook paper will to uh, today. I won't say what I'm leaving for anybody except I'll just say, please tell Zom I died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so, so he won't sit there on Thursday thinking, "Where the fuck is he at?" <laughs> He'd be so pissed forever until you figured out that I was actually dead. <laughs> and then I'd still be pissed. I'd be like, "God damn it!" All right, so uh, your dad was right. You shouldn't have got that fucking tattoo. I know, fatty. Oh, God, fucking fat cartoon arm. Fuck. <laughs> cartoon arm. Cartoon arm. They ought to um, make a movie about. Uh, it, it would the movie would just be called Cartoon Arm, and it would be about a, a guy who went around fisting like fucking men and women. <laughs> but he's got to have a big fucking giant uh, Popeye forearm. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, grotesquely fucking <laughs> like Robin Williams in, in the Popeye movie. His gross. He's doing. He'd be going. Well, this is going to be the best movie ever. All right, so uh, what, have, what have you been watching this week? I haven't hardly watched anything. Well, I watched a documentary called The Fighter. Um, it's about um, these two old dudes, specifically the fighter guy is this uh, Czechoslovakian guy, and it, it uh, is about him going back. Um, he was uh, a Jew in World War II, and he goes back and revisits you know, all the, like, the places that he was at and everything, and he was a boxer. And uh, it's pretty it's pretty good for a documentary because um, at first you think <laughs> I cursed myself with the I haven't coughed in a while, um, but he uh, you think you know I, I hate to say it but it's almost like uh, uh, Max von Sydow in Hannah and her sisters when he's like oh God another documentary about the Holocaust or whatever but this is pretty entertaining because the one guy they're like two friends now and they go back and they kind of bicker like old women about shit <laughs> he's like oh, I think you I don't think you should ever forgive this person he's like oh don't you tell me what to for don't you tell me who to forgive you son of a bitch <laughs> so it's pretty good as far as that goes um, <laughs> the next one I watched was the prestige uh, you know with um Fucking Patrick Bateman or Paul Allen, aka Christian Bale, and uh, Hugh Jackman. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. You fucking. Anyway, um, <laughs> he'll never work. I'll never work with him again. Anyway, but I like that movie. I, I've watched it several times. I, I thought, uh, and it's not. It's not. Uh, um, I want to say Patrick Bateman. That fucking now I got that in my head. It's not Bale as much or Michael Caine or anything. I love watching Hugh Jackman in that fucking movie. I mean, I just think he was just really good. I get the two uh, confused. Is that the one with Tesla? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I like that. The, those oh, two yes, movies that came out of like 19th century magicians right at the same time. That yeah, the other one with Ed Norton and Jessica Biel was just... It wasn't very good. Yeah, this one, I liked, I liked the prestige. Who directed that? Christopher that? Nolan. That was Nolan, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder it was good, motherfucker. Jesus Christ. Uh, next one I watched was The Specialist, and it's uh, – I don't know why I was on a big fucking uh, um, Holocaust thing, but it's a, it's a documentary about uh, Adolf Eichmann. And uh, pretty much the 
it's not pretty much. The, the entire documentary is just footage from from Israel when he's on trial, and it's really kind of creepy and eerie because it's live footage. You're not watching the the, the guy that he's almost treated like Hannibal Lecter. I mean, they didn't roll him out on a fucking dolly with a thing over his face, but you know he had to sit in a booth like this uh, bulletproof glass booth uh, because they were afraid. Some people were going to fucking kill him. And just watching him sit there and you realize, you know, as they keep the camera on him and he's like looking at papers or or scratching his nose or whatever, that this is just some fucking – it's just the guy and he's just a dickhead, you know, and um, some some stupid fuck who – you know, came up with a plan to fucking kill a whole bunch bunch of people, but it was pretty good. It's it's uh, it's interesting just watching. I thought that there would be like interviews or something like that, and there's not. It's just the the footage of the trial, you know, uh, which went on for a while. But they just take certain things, you know, right. that are interesting. Uh, then I watched uh, well another documentary. I guess it's a documentary. Catfish. Um, they still. I guess claim that this every bit of the footage was real, everything that happened happened, and that they did not make anything up. But I like it. I, I just uh, for some reason I got this at uh, Blockbuster, and I had seen it already, and um, I watched it, and then I watched it again, and then I watched the special part where they interview the guys, and I don't know. I just it's just an interesting subject. Uh, and kind of like, you know, it, it takes you in directions. It's not just so straightforward. And I think those guys thought it was probably going to be, uh, but then once they went and, you know, kind of confronted the situation, it didn't turn out the way they thought it would. It kind of still was like, okay, you know, this person's not really a malicious person. It's kind of pathetic and sad or whatever. But anyway, so I, I, I liked it, even though some people say it's probably, it might not be real or it was a fake documentary or whatever, but I still, it entertained me. Uh, next one I watched, which we just talked about a little while ago, uh, off there was a uh, personal best. It's a Robert town, um, movie that he directed. And it was like a, uh, passion project for him and i don't know if you read the book uh raging bulls and the fuck's that book called <laughs> raging bulls and uh whatever the fuck it's called it's about all the <laughs> like um friedkin and the the, the 70s directors and right. 70s hollywood and how crazy and fucked up they all were and shit and uh robert town you know um got off on this kind of a dream passion project about making a movie about these female Olympic athletes. And, um, he was doing a lot of blow at the time, I think (laughs) a lot of drugs. And, uh, I remember reading in that book that, uh, he was hanging out with these girls constantly and, you know, on the beach naked and they were all running around naked and everything and lesbianism and blah, 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 blah. But it's got Mariel Hemingway and, um, the, the, the one chicken that, that's, that is her, her friend uh, and lover, you know, that's another uh, pentathlete or whatever. Um, she actually was a an Olympic um, athlete, and went you know for the U.S. and went to the Olympics. But it's pretty good. And um, and if you know, he really almost 
I know he's he's trying to show the beauty of the female form, but the way he shoots some of the stuff is so sexual. And it's not just me being a pig. I mean, I was I was telling Loaf off the air. He he shoots one uh, little segment there where uh, they're training to do the high jump, and instead of getting off to the side where you can see him doing the approach and then leaping backwards over this bar, he gets up real super close, and uh, all you see is the girls' crotches mm-hmm. as they're going over the bar, and you can kind of see up their shorts and everything. I was like, Jesus, you know. But it's 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 a pretty good movie. Scott Glenn's in it. Um, next one was called loving couples. And, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a fan of, of, uh, young Shirley MacLaine when right. she was like, uh, in the rat or uh, rat pack with, uh, Dean Martin and them. I just thought she was cute and everything. And she kind of had some pizzazz and she could dance and everything. And this one, she's, she's not like super old, crazy Shirley MacLaine. She's right. still, she's like milf Shirley MacLaine. But it also has one of my other favorites, which is uh, James Coburn. And um, the thing about this movie that really struck me was you get to see James Coburn with the worst hair. <laughs> it's like he was pretty old, like maybe in his 50s. And he decided that uh, – and I think it takes place in the, like the real early 80s late 70s, early 80s, and it's like he's trying to he tried to let his hair grow out where they, like all the guys wanted to cover up their ears, like their hair would just go, it was almost like a helmet, right. and it's feathered. <laughs> it's, re- it's, it's really long, but not long like, like a hippie, but just like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Uh, almost like Farrah Fawcett, James Coburn hair. <laughs> and uh, it also has Susan Sarandon. And uh, and she's very young in this, and she's hot. I mean, when she was young, she had great boobies, and she was she was uh, she was hot. And they go to a swimming pool, and Coburn's got on like a, a uh, like a pair of just regular uh, swim trunks, and so they're getting ready to get in the pool. Well, she takes off her little robe, and she's got like a one piece on or something. Looked good, and Shirley MacLaine looked pretty good in her one piece too. And uh, they go to get in the pool, and so Coburn like. Starts taking off his swimming trunks. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, what's he going to do? Go naked? He had a pair of Speedos on underneath the swim trunk. <laughs> and so you get to see like 50-some-year-old James Coburn in a fucking pair of Speedos. And, so, hair. and fucking that, that. I mean, the hair was brutal, man. <laughs> um, but it's it's pretty good. It's like a... I read on the box, I thought it was going to be like kind of like a swingers thing. And it's sort of... It's like they... Like uh, two couples kind of swap partners. Um, the next one I watched uh, is uh, um, Rampart with Woody Harrelson for, uh, for my consideration, uh, I guess. Um, <sighs> the poster of this – the reason I even found this movie, I saw the trailer. And when you bring the trailer up on Apple – uh, movie trailers or whatever, you know, they have like the, 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 the thing that you click on, but it has the poster and everything. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, Woody Harrelson and his greatest performance, you know, uh, the, and says something like, you know, uh, he might get nominated for an Oscar for his role in this and everything. Yeah. And then on the poster, it says the most corrupt cop you've ever seen on film. Well, I got to tell you, it wasn't the most corrupt <laughs> cop I've ever seen on film. That was pretty. That was a lot of hyperbole when you've seen Bad Lieutenant yeah. or Bad Lieutenant Port of Call, New, uh, New Orleans. Um, 
it's shot really well. It looks really good. I think Woody Harrelson does a good job. I don't think I don't see him getting an Oscar. I, I don't think it's like an Oscar worthy performance. And it just um I just kind of thought it was kind of a meh kind of a movie. Yeah. Uh it didn't light my fire. It, not at all. I th- it, it seemed like if it, it was going somewhere and I was like, "Oh, yeah, you know, something's going to, you know, something's going to happen because he's this corrupt cop, you know, and it's supposed to be the most corrupt cop ever, so you're waiting for these moments where he's doing something, and it just didn't pay off. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> you may, I may not want to watch it. Um, <laughs> the next one I watched uh, was uh, Straight Time with uh, Dustin Hoffman, and I found this on Netflix Instant Watch, and I had kind of heard about it, because I, th- I think it was out of print for a long time, and um, it's a good movie. Uh, Edward Bunker, who played Mr. Brown in at the beginning of Reservoir Dogs? He's one of the of the guys at the table, um, uh, and he's a real guy. I mean, he was a a writer, and he spent like a lot of time in San Quentin prison, and was friends with Danny Trejo in prison. Uh, but he's the guy that wrote it, and um, my nose, this goddamn mustache. I don't know about this shit, <laughs> man. It's starting to. I'm going to have to trim it eventually because, or I've been waxing it, but the curl tickle on my nose the whole time. Anyway, it's really good. It's got Harry Dean Stanton in it. It's got um, uh, very, very young Teresa Russell, and she is hot in this. And uh, Gary Busey, Gary Busey's in this. Gary Busey is in this, and his he's got a little kid in it that mm-hmm. plays his son, who looks like he's about five or six years old. And if that's not fucking Jake Busey, I don't know, man. But it looked just like – I mean the kid looked like Jake Busey. So I think it was probably – it might have been his kid. Uh, But it's a really good movie. So check it out. And the last thing, which I forgot to put on my list, and when I told you I had eight, I actually have nine. And this one is an important one because I went to the movie theater. And I went to the midnight showing of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, Two thumbs up and a fucking twist. I saw all three of the Swedish version, which I uh, the first one I really loved, uh, and then they kind of just like uh, well, no, actually, I was going to say they kind of went downhill, but the first one I really liked of the Swedish one, the middle one is not so good, and then the third one where they have the trial, I really liked. Not as much as the first one. Well, so when I went into this one, I was like, okay, you know, I'm used to. Um, the other girl, um, uh, I guess her name is Numi, and it's spelled Rapace. Yeah. But I saw something, and they pronounced it Rapose because huh. um, she's Swedish. Anyway, um, but she was fantastic in the original, and I thought, okay. And, and the guy that played um, Mikael Blomqvist. Uh, the journalist uh, in the first one was exceptional. And so I kind of thought, okay, this isn't going to be as good. But Fincher is the director, and just about everything he does for me is good. He comes through. It's tweaked just enough with, with different stuff that's that's straight out of the book, but you know they didn't put in the first one, that um, um, it really is good. It pays off. I It's going to be in my top ten. Cool. Uh, if I ever do decide to make that list, uh, <laughs> no, it was really good, and 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 uh, Rooney Mara was excellent as uh, Lisbeth Salander. Even uh, I think Mikey would e- will even like this, and he has a crush on Numi Repos. 
anyway, so that's it was good. I recommend that one for everybody. And it takes its time, but once it gets going, it gets going. Nice. So anyway, that's all I have. I was actually I'll worried turn about it over that one. Because I, I was actually worried about that one because I actually I, I was a big fan of the first one, the <laughs> first in the Swedish series and um, the Millennium trilogy. And the only thing that I didn't, I wouldn't say that I didn't. I don't know. I I just didn't like it. I'll say it. Um, and it's not because of Trent Reznor because I'm giving you a dig, but um, the I guess you know like on in the movie Seven. At the very beginning, uh, Fincher kind of always has like a uh, a uh, a title thing at the beginning right, with right. music and everything. That's that's almost like a music video, uh, and that was in this. And I just didn't think it fit. Did it? Was it the the Led Zeppelin? Song? Uh, Ugh, fuck that song! <laughs> it was uh, it, and, no, fuck, and it, don't fuck the Led Zeppelin song. I like the Led Zeppelin song. I yeah. like this remake of it. Uh, it just uh, and Reznor, I guess, the one that does the music. So I, I don't know. It, it was. Um, it just seemed like there was. They were showing a music video. You know, with yeah. I mean, with the titles. I, I just. It just didn't fit. It's like they and I don't know. The movie's like two hours and fifty five minutes long. Jesus. And I was sitting there with a girl, Uh-oh. amazed. Nah, it's not. Anyway. anyway. Oh. <laughs> Uh, when the screen <laughs> kind of got bright, I looked at my watch to see how long it was we were in, and she was like, "You know, what time is it? It started at midnight, and it was two o'clock. We were two hours in, and it felt like we had only been there for, you know, maybe an hour." Oh. I was like, "Fuck, it's two hours already!" So, like I said, once it gets going, man, phew, cool, go see it. It's good. Um, like I was saying earlier, I didn't get to shit this week. Um, I only watched one movie other than. The ones for the show, uh, so I'm not bringing it at all. But um, the uh, the one movie I watched was the the 1958 movie The Blob with uh, Steve McQueen playing a 17 year old. I, mean, I mentioned this on the group. He's 17 in the movie. I think he was 28 when he filmed it, and he fucking looked 43. Um, he already had yeah. lines in his forehead and everything. <laughs> it was pretty funny. There's a couple times he had like a 17 year old voice, which was kind of weird. But other than that. You know, he could have been somebody's dad three times over. Yeah, he was in a movie uh, called Nevada Smith, and it was based on a. uh, It was like a a novel, Mm -hmm. and it was him and um, uh, Carl Malden was kind of the bad guy. It was a western, and he played Nevada Smith, and Nevada Smith was supposed to be a kid, and he was like probably. I'm telling you, he had to have been late 30s, maybe 40, and and you know, here's Steve McQueen trying to act young. And like, give me a fucking break. Okay, I gotta ask you a question. Do okay. you have your do Do you have up our the silver and gold Facebook group? Uh, I can. Hang on. Okay, bring that up real quick and look at Mark Wilson's post. It's like the second post down. <laughs> Mark James, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Them are two fucking skanks, man. Uh, oh <laughs> that God. one looks like fucking. I don't know, not Carl Weathers, but oh, well, I, I just realized the chick on the left has her tits hanging out too. So <laughs> you guys are missing out if you're not on the Facebook group. Um, so the Blob was really good. I'd never seen it before. I watched the Criterion disc of it. Um, of what? I've had it forever. I just never watched it. Um, apparently, I need to watch the uh, the commentary also. But yeah, and uh, James on the group this morning was mentioning that the. Um, the the theme song for it, which it really kind of, I mean, I guess it kind of fits, but I like it a lot. It was kind of cool. It's like, it's, 
this really cheesy song like it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor you know this it's uh it's, it's so very cool. like poppy it's really weird i like i think though. that emily is a big fan of that that song and okay oh. um i need to see the 1988 version again uh i remember seeing it when it came out on video back in the day and um liking it then so i think i might like it. i heard it they were saying on the, on the group that it was uh it's pretty gory so yeah. Um, I, I'm going to send this picture of Rick James to my mom. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, that was it. Um, I did a lot, I did a lot more reading this week than I have in a while. I've been, I've been trying to power through the, um, the Steve jobs biography so I could, uh, get to all my new wrestling books. I got hooker, the Luthes uh, uh. in the mail and, um, from crowbar press. You guys go check out if you like wrestling. Yeah. Stuff. Lots out, of stuff there. Yeah. Go check out crowbar press. Uh, crowbar press words hard for me to say because of my mush mouth but um you know zom sent me the that really cool um steve uh jesus christ stan hansen steve steve hansen Hansen. stan hansen's brother steve the stan hansen book uh and then um i bought the hooker one because it's been on amazon for uh, for fucking ever for like 75 bucks or even more than that because assholes are like oh it's out of print let me sell it for a hundred dollars and assholes will buy it. So, uh, Why not? I went and bought it for 20 bucks. It's a reprint off of... Um, yeah, and the new the reprint, Ashley, they, uh, from what, if I remember correctly, they added some like picture, a lot, like a bunch of pictures and stuff like yeah. that. Because I think the one I have, it doesn't have any pictures or anything in it. Well, you could sell that one for $175, apparently. I'll never sell it. <laughs> well, the... Uh, and the um, uh, so I went on Amazon and left a review saying, don't buy from the gougers and... So we'll see if I get any negative uh, comments on that. But the gougers, <laughs> assholes. Uh, so yeah, the blob. That was it for me. Uh, let's take a break and uh, come back. Do you have a preference on which one we review first? And give a shit. Let's do stone first, since we'll just go in chronological order. Uh, we'll be back with Roger Ward, pick number one, Stone from '74. We'll be right back. Stone. Did you know that Asian people prefer being called Orientals? Did you know that Ching Chong, Ting Tong is a respectful salutation in all Asian cultures? Did you know that paper cuts can cause massive arterial sprays in Orientals? No? Well, then you should listen to Podcasts Without Honor and Humanity, the Internet's fourth best Asian film podcast. Every week, your host, Jake McLarchuge, will cover two Asian films that can range from the obscure to the notorious. From a Sonny Chiba werewolf film to a splattergore atrocity. From Category 3 to the Korean New Wave and beyond. Tune in at the website podcastwithouthonorandhumanity.libsyn.com. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. Or you can just search Podcast Without Honor and Humanity in iTunes. So give Podcast Without Honor and Humanity a shot and get cultured. Flawless victory.
Yeah. Back from break. And all of a sudden, I'm finding myself with my pants off. I don't know how that happened. I was just thinking, I swear to God, this is how simpatico. I was just thinking, God damn it, I'm sitting here doing this podcast, and I have my pants on. So as we speak, I'm going to take my pants off. Yay! So first time, the first time on our podcast, I have done the podcast with pants on. And this is ridiculous. And this goddamn mustache... Oh, it feels like the their hair's got long, and now this they're like turning into pubes, and they're curling up into my nostrils. Okay, now I'm more comfortable. There we go. Get that right. shit. <laughs> Wait a minute, I got just the sack. Our first uh, feature Scratch of the day. It down under. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Hey, hey, giggity Our mm. first feature of the day is 1974 Stone, written, directed. Starred in by one Sandy Harbutt, starring also Ken Shorter, who looked so, oh, so familiar to me, and I just couldn't ever place where where I knew him from. And it's, um, uh, if um, if uh, Miles O'Keefe, Michael Landon, and Alex Cord all had butt sex, <laughs> and then fertilized—I don't know whose egg they could fertilize—but <laughs> fertilized a turd, and it had a kid. It would be this dude. <laughs> he um, is uh, he is strange. He he's well. We're getting into it already, but I'm just going to say he he just. I don't know. There's something about him. He's he's very odd looking. I guess he could be considered a handsome guy, yeah. but sort of kind of odd looking. I don't know why uh, I look at him and I think Def Leppard for some reason. I don't think yeah, he, yeah. Does it he just, kind of look like the lead singer of Def Leppard a little bit? I don't know. Um, we also have uh, uh, he was of course starring the poop too. <laughs> we have of course Roger Ward, uh, who um, and I don't know if I I, I don't know if you mentioned it. Zom's actually uh, friends with Roger Ward on Facebook, and uh, we wrote him about a couple of these movies, and um, you know he's kind of requested that we. Uh, I said, "Look, you, Roger Ward. Look, motherfucker, we're going to review these, whether you like it or not." Yeah. And um, he sent us a little uh, some some stuff out of his memoir that I'll have to I'll, I'll read a, a part of it about Stone in a little while. But um, uh, he's in it playing a guy called Hooks. Um, some I other should have left my pants recognize. on. Uh, and we got Toe Cutter in there. He's very entertaining. <laughs> what did you say? I should have left my pants on. Now I'm digging my crotch. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, I'm feeling like a dirty biker. As I said, this is from 74. Uh, the synopsis is uh, members of the Grave Diggers Motorcycle Club are being knocked off one by one, and someone needs to find out why. Sandy Harbutt's timeless Australian cult film about a bunch of renegades riding Kawasaki 900s. Or as they say in Australia, Kawakis. Kawakis. So, Zama, let's hear... Oh my God! There's somebody in this movie called Stink Finger. Wasn't there yes. like farts also, or was that the second yes. movie we watched? Anyway, uh, what, let's hear what you had to say about this one. Um, I I'm trying to think how I discovered this movie. It was probably from Not Quite Hollywood. I think it was uh, watching that, and uh, and I remembered seeing them talking about this and and some of the stunts, which are just fucking. There's one in particular that is so outrageous uh, that I mean, and I, if I remember correctly, the I think the guy got hurt. I was actually going to watch Not Quite Hollywood before uh, we did the show, but you know, you got to sleep sometime, you got to work. Anyway, um, so anyway, uh, I sought this movie out. 
and I found it. It is now available on DVD, but at the time when I was looking for it, it was not. And I found out um, I recommended this to um, Rach from Rach on Film, Girls on Film. Um, and she lives in Australia, Australia and uh, um, which me just saying that like that, uh, Terry Frost to no end would tell me that I sounded even more like a hillbilly and a redneck trying to say <laughs> Australia the way they said. Anyway, um, and she said that she had seen this movie. It must be like a staple in like bargain bins over there, but she never – paid any attention never got it or whatever and then when she finally watched it she goes oh my god this movie's brilliant so anyway um i found it through other means and watched it for the first time and i fucking loved it um i ride motorcycles you know i've always you know tell everybody that and and um i'm not a uh i'm not a a one percenter i'm not a outlaw motorcycle guy or anything i would be more like stone <laughs> although some of his apparel when he rides is a little dodgy at the beginning god his uh, gloves are so hideous oh my god well anyway okay here's the <laughs> they're like bad fucking <laughs> 60s superheroes yeah. <laughs> um the basic synopsis, you know, there's this motorcycle gang, uh, the Grave Diggers, and um, they're just. I've read several books about like outlaw motorcycle gangs and everything, and that's why when I watch this, uh, you know, I've seen the one with uh, Bosworth, and I've seen the one with Charlie Sheen, and even though they try and make it kind of. You know that that dirty kind of um, biker craziness, like yeah. you know the big parties and all this and that. They just never seem to get it right, and this movie fucking got it right. I mean, it just looks like I have a um, a doc or it's a not a documentary. I got it on. Um, I can't remember if I got it on uh, via other means or if I got it uh, through. Uh, on on the internet on uh, like actually bought it actually paid for it uh but what it was uh, somebody had a um it's a, a police training uh, video about outlaw motorcycle gangs and uh, i still have it but um some of the shit they talk about you're like oh my god well this movie does it right and um but anyway, they they're just kind of doing their thing, and they're you know outlaws. Nobody's going to tell them what to do, and they piss on each other and have you know drunken orgies and all kind of shit. And um, they're dirty and hairy, and you know just trouble fucking walking down the street or riding down the street. Well, somebody um, starts kind of knocking them off one by one by various means. And so the cops are, are trying to figure out what's going on. And so they send stone stones, a cop, an undercover cop. Who's going to go and be with the grave diggers. And, and so singer he, of a British seventies rock band that would be huge in the eighties. David Coverdale could have played this part <laughs> very easily. <laughs> yes. Um, so Stone's kind of a he's he's a, he's a uh, a charismatic looking dude. Even though he's kind of he's a little bit wooden. Uh, that's where you know, like I said, he's kind of got a, sort of an Alex cord. The, the hair is definitely sort of a Miles O'Keefe kind of a look. Um, Alex Cord's acting ability, which is not really good, uh, he's a little bit better than Alex Cord, and kind of a Michael Landonish kind of a look. Um, 
But he shows up, and here's these these outlaw bikers at their bar that they hang out at, and they have uh, the, the clothing and everything is to the T, you know, with the what they call the cuts, which is their their colors, you know, the uh, the uh, like kind of jean jacket with all the the patches and shit, uh, and um, he fucking comes riding down the road to go and speak to them, <laughs> I guess on their level. He's got a white helmet on. He's got a white coat on that looks like a doctor's coat. A pair of fucking, like, gloves. <laughs> Captain America gloves, like gauntlets, but they're white. And at first I thought he had white pants on. And I was like, what in the fucking hell? He looked like, a, 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 as we, I don't know if anybody, have you ever heard the term idiot? Yeah, Wait, he uh, like Roscoe a, P. Coltrane said that all the time. Yeah, yes, to lots of Enos. Fucking idiot! I mean, <laughs> that would be like going to a biker bar, and 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 you're going to go, okay, I, I need to go, and I need to talk to these guys, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get in with them so we can find out who's killing them. And I'm, and gonna I'm wear my Thanos gauntlets. I'm gonna fucking show up <laughs> if he would have had a pink tutu on and a <laughs> boa around his neck and walked in there with a dildo in his fucking ass. He couldn't have stood out anymore. But he did take the white coat off and the gloves and the helmet before he went in. But even then, his apparel, like theirs looks really authentic. He's, it's like he's, he's trying to look like kind of like a biker, but he's – Stone is, is – um, He's to me. He would be like almost like a, a a John Denver, Dan Fogelberg kind of a guy. He lives with his girlfriend. They're into like uh, health food. He doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs. He's he's yeah. That's not my thing, you know. I get high. he's like the guy that's like I get high on life, and he's very dedicated. You can see he's probably like a straight A student in school and everything. <laughs> Even though now he has long hair, he's he's kind of a he's more of a hippie than he is right, a biker. Right, right, right. right. So he shows up, and they just kind of like, you know, look, Piggy, what are you doing here? And uh, he, uh, Hugh uh, Keysburn, who played Toe Cutter in fucking Mad Max, is uh, – I've used this already when I'm talking about this movie, but he is fucking brilliant in this fucking he, movie. He's so good. I think he's got to be my favorite part of the movie. His name's Toad in the movie. Yeah. And, and, and this dude – nuts, Yeah. The, in the movies that I've seen him in, which are Man from Hong Kong, this movie, and he's also in The Chain Reaction, which we're we're going to review after this one. The guy is fucking out of this world. First of all, he's the kind of guy – I don't know if anybody – I'm sure that everybody's had somebody like this in their life, whether they were a friend or just somebody they were out at a bar or something. He's a big dude, a big hairy dude. Mm-hmm. And he's intimidating looking because he's big, but he's the kind of guy that would come up and like lick the side of your face or something. Just do anything <laughs> to make you uncomfortable and, and or pick a fight with you and you would be like, oh my god, I hope he doesn't come over here and fuck with me. That's just the kind of guy he is. And um, he even they 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 decide you know stone kind of pitches them and he says hey you know i'm here i we, i'm just i just want to find out who's fucking killing your mates you know yeah. i want to find out what's going on and we need to get these guys and and he go and and he basically says you know i if i'm not here to bust you guys I want to ride with you. Well, they just laugh is at their asses off because they're like hey, fuck you you're not riding with us you're just a fucking douche you know and um so he kind of 
he kind of gets I, – I don't think at first they were going to 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 do it because Toad just uh, gives him shit. And, uh, but then something happens where he sort of saves one of the guys and they're like, okay. And I, and I think that, um, that Undertaker, who is not mean Mark Callis from WWE, <laughs> uh, that's Sandy Harbutt, uh, the guy that, that, uh, wrote and directed the movie. He, um, he's the leader and he's the brains of the outfit and everything. And I think he kind of sees an angle here where he's like, Hey, you know, we, we can have this pig ride with us. And, um, he already told him. He said, "You know, if you, you know, I know if you guys get high and smoke dope or whatever, and and do this and that." He goes, "I'm I'm not here to bust you." So they're like, "Okay, well, we almost have like a get out of jail free card with this fucker tagging along. <laughs> Plus, we can just fuck with him." And so they said, "Okay, you know, you can you can ride with us." So then, anyway, the whole thing is him uh, going along with them and them kind of testing him. Um, they do. The, the, it's. There's there's lots of different times where, well, first of all, they that they have a um, the one stunt um, where when the guy starts killing the grave or the grave diggers, mm-hmm. um, you get to see a decapitated head, which was kind of cool. I mean, you know, of course it's not a fucking head, but I mean, it's, it was still pretty cool. Uh, I liked at the beginning when um, they were doing the 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 titles and they just show. They would and they they would show the guy getting on the bike and freeze framing it with everything he did, like when he yeah. set the choke or he was you know turned the gas on you know because the old carbureted bikes you have to you have a, actually a, a a valve that you have to turn on and I and and <laughs> that's one thing no matter how many times you ride a fucking motorcycle when you had those every once in a while you get on the bikes and it's it would start right up take off down the road and all of a sudden the bike would just start going because you forgot to turn the fucking gas on and uh you you think the bike's gonna break down and all you have to do is reach down and hit the the valve and let the gas start flowing and it just takes off but anyway um they that the there's a scene where um it's one of the first killings where one of the grave diggers gets killed. And a guy basically he's he's going down the road on his motorcycle and a guy basically pulls out and runs him off the road. I think they said it was like an eighty foot drop off a cliff. Insane. This guy fucking this stuntman, and he's like one of the most famous stuntmen in Australia. Rides this bike off this fucking cliff into the ocean and the bike's Fallen eighty feet, which you know you had a chance of the bike fucking landing on top of him, or or even when he hit the water, if he landed on top of the bike, it would hurt. And I think, and like I said, I wish I would have watched not quite Hollywood before you know we came on air, but I'm pretty sure that they said that he got hurt, yeah. you know, because that was a hell of a fucking fall and hitting that water. Not only that, but at at whatever speed. The bike was going out when he when he took off the cliff. Plus, then the fall, you know, it'd be like hitting fucking concrete so anyway um they have some pretty good stunts and some really good you know motorcycle riding um the the um i was talking to roger ward and he told me that um when they were making this movie i guess the they they told the the guys you know go ahead and take the bikes home like every night ride them home we want you to ride them you know so so that you know it, you'll get used to the bike you'll get used to being on it all the time and everything and they did uh the the grave diggers all their bikes were 
uh, Kawasaki uh, 900s. I thought that was and, an odd choice for a biker fl- fl- film. Well, but usually but, it's a loud, like chopper style. Yeah. Like, but that's but the thing about that is it, uh, one thing that I was thinking about that is um, it's because it's in Australia, uh, and they're more apt to have uh, Japanese bikes or uh, and, and, and rather than having the like over here, we're used to seeing if it was a biker movie, it would have Harley Davidsons, and if it was like an older movie, maybe Indian motorcycles, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they were American made, you know, because all the, most of the bike gangs over here anyway, uh, you know, ride. Uh, you gotta have American-made motorcycles, blah 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 blah. Which I I don't. I never had an American-made motorcycle, and mine run just as you know. <laughs> I'm, I don't want to get into that because there's there's a biker snobbery which I'm not into. I'll ride anything. I just like to ride. Yeah. Uh, but some people are like, if you don't ride a Harley, you ain't riding nothing. I'm like, oh, you know, no, I'm I, I you know. It's like saying if you don't ride a Schwinn instead of a, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's like who gives a shit? Okay. So anyway. Um, now there is another gang called the Blackhawks, and they show up. And now they make, you know, because they're a rival gang of the Gravediggers. And now this was an actual motorcycle gang uh, because they used um, they used actual bike uh, like uh, bikers uh, from a, uh, motorcycle gangs in this movie. There's a funeral procession at the beginning. Where the where the grave diggers are taking one of their mates to that got killed to have him buried, and yeah, there's a fucking fantastic scene. The, yeah, the, there's a funeral the procession, or like a hundred and some bikes stretched all the way out through there, and that was they got these bikers and they paid them in beer uh, to be in the movie, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but when they have the confrontation with the Blackhawks, that that was an actual motorcycle gang playing the Blackhawks. Um, and when they show up at first, when I first saw this, cause the guy makes a comment, he says, you know, something about them writing Jap crap. So that would be something that like over here that a Harley guy would say, add rice burner or Jap crap or whatever. Right, right. But all those guys still, I think I saw there, there were a couple of bikes there that might've been like Harleys maybe. Yeah. The, but the rival gang looked like they had some American, bike, or at least more, there was a bunch of them that were Ducatis, though. Yeah, well, they had more like traditional biker-looking things. Like, yeah, well, the Kawasaki's have that like plexiglass front on. Yeah, them that look. They, like- they look more like almost like a racing bike. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, so and and um, Stone kind of proves himself um, in, in several different ways to them. Like I said, he saves one of the guys, and you know when when the assassin who has a fucking I mean, back then, for some reason, when, when you started going, it would be like uh, David Crosby or something like that from Crosby, Stills, and Nash or whatever. When you start losing all your hair on top, but then they still want to be a hippie, so they let their hair grow long on the sides. This guy kind of had that, but he had the kind of the comb. Not even – he had a comb over, but it was kind of a comb forward. But um, that's one thing that um, – one of the girls, girls on film, and I can't remember which one because there's also they're all just so wonderful. If they would ever put it on another show, <clears throat> said that um, it almost had <laughs> kind of a uh, giallo feel to it because the, uh, the the guy always wore these like leather gloves, mm-hmm. the the leather gloves, uh, the killer. Um, but Stone 
like I said, he I think that he feels like he's proving, and they they become more more accepting of him because uh, you know of course they they're testing him and they're always fucking with him and they say okay we're gonna have a race and this guy uh, who is uh, who is uh, you know our best rider. You have to you have to race him around the uh, and that's our this, that's our racist uh, racism for the week. <laughs> what name. midnight? Yeah, midnight. Well, he was like an aborigine, yeah. or a, a, you know, because um, Stone even asked him. He says, you know, you know about living kind of out or whatever, and he's like, ah, I guess I'm here with my, you know, I I don't miss it at all. Yeah. Um, but he he actually kind of hangs with him, and 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 he get, he's crazy enough to. To try and stay with him and, and does, but then he, he kind of cracks up his bike, but he doesn't get hurt or anything. Well, then that leads to him getting a very gay-looking bike. And when I say gay, I don't mean that in a homophobic way. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, back then, you know, I guess kind of like what you were saying about um, like a biker bike would never look over here like the, as colorful – because over here it would be like you know straight black, yeah, you know, black, black tank, chrome, everything else, and, or like even flat, you know, black or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just as just as 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 base and as as normal. Well, Stone gets this one, and it's got almost like a uh, a conversion van paint job on it. <laughs> uh, you know, where like they would like sunburst or something. I mean, it's, it's, think of one of those motorcycles you'll see like the old dudes riding down the road with a fucking like trunk on the back and the yeah, radio was, antenna and it was their old ladies on the back <laughs> and and and, and uh, they they uh they do shit to him like um well first of all <laughs> you know there's there's some nudity in this they have no bones but they don't give a fuck they'll just go out and you know get naked and all like all, about 25 of them just strip down and go out in the ocean and be throwing each other around playing I, grab ass and shit yeah, i really i really actually well i'll talk about it in a minute go ahead but um uh the uh i think the one time when they they they're they want him to look like one of them so he doesn't stand out so they give him a, a some you know colors to to wear and you know, they they throw him down they tell him to strip and you know put on the clothes they give him well they give him a pair of pants he picks up he picks up the colors and he smells them and that's a biker <laughs> thing where because like uh, a lot of times they'll you have to really you have to prospect to become a part of the gang, which they just work you like a slave and treat you like shit. And anything they tell, if there was like a 300 pound, uh, fucking mixed martial artist over there, they'd say, go over and fight that guy. And you have to do it. You know, (laughs) well, with the colors thing, when they give them to you, every, like everybody in the gang, like pisses on them. And then you have to wear them. You can never wash them. So when he picks them up, he smells them and he's like, ah, well then he goes to put on the pair. He takes his, he has, he always wears leather pants. And they button up funny in the front. They have like this flat. Weird, yeah. I, I, was like, I didn't it's say like a it in big my notes. I was like, it's a fucking man's man that gets up to make breakfast for his lady in the morning wearing leather pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he, they give him a pair of jeans to put on, and he pulls them up, and they're like, like a if he they're like a little kid's pair. And he's like, picture. Well, you know, then they grab him and pierce his ear and do you know some shit to him. Yeah, but I like I like that scene a lot. The um, he's in a. And I gotta say, the fucking like the seaside fort or whatever it is, yeah, they, they hit the jackpot with that shooting location. That was that yeah. was really cool. But it's kind of like the 
the gravedigger's hideout. It's all these like stone rooms and it fucking like all these, you know, door, these metal shaded windows open up to overlook the ocean. You see all these weird like tankers and like uh, cargo ships and stuff on the horizon. But, um, the, uh, I really like that part where they go upstairs to kind of initiate him. And there's like that little, it's almost like a little, like the outdoor theater almost there's like a you know yeah yeah and then the grass in the middle where he's standing and uh, it's a it's a nice part you know they wrestle they wrestle you know you're still not sure he's still not positive like if they're if they're accepting of him and when they kind of attack him you're like oh shit what are they gonna do but they're they're kind of holding him down so they can pierce his ear with this well and their and 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 their culture is too like uh, like if one of my friends came up and punched me in the face, I'd be like probably not be his friend anymore and try and like beat his ass. But there's it's like nothing, you know. It's like uh, a fucking toad would do that. Like there's one scene where um, uh, Undertaker and Stone are walk just walking in. They're in that like fortress thing, uh, and they're just like walking through the hallway. And Toad is standing at the doorway, and as they're walking by, he trips uh, Stone. He didn't like not to the point where he stone falls on his face, mm-hmm. but just just to be a dick. He's just fucking dick, you know. But but not a dick like you're you're like you hate his guts. He just he probably just fucks with everybody, yeah. you know. Well, I, uh, I like that part when they're giving him the earring, and I think it was the dude's really funny. He wears a top hat. He has an eye patch. I think it's Doctor Death. Doctor Death. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was called Undertaker, and then I realized that the actual lead guy is the Undertaker. Um, but yeah, Doctor Death when he he kind of holds the earring up and kind of twinkles. It's just, it's a dang, like dangly skull or uh, skeleton, yeah. and he holds it up next to his own, which he has the same earring in his ear. I well, he's like the cool. preacher, and and the thing is that the grave diggers are Satanists. Yeah, yeah. And they make that point when uh, there, there's a part where they're having that funeral. Like I said, they had the big funeral procession. Well, they get the graveyard, and the graveyard's over there. I don't know if it's just that graveyard or if that's how they do them all. <laughs> it's just completely grown up with. Um, with like wild flowers, mm-hmm. you know, which kind of it looked cool, you know, and yeah, the way they shot it with the sun sun shining and everything. Um, but they like bury a guy; they just dig a hole. But it's not like uh, like a a, um, a a horizontal hole. They dig like a, just like a fucking uh, I don't know what you would call it, like a vertical, just a big round yeah, hole like straight down, and they have them they like bury a pipe him standing up. Yeah, and they bury him standing up, which was kind of cool. And it's like Satan, which I don't know why they looked up when they were yelling Saint. <laughs> well, they said anyway. they said they they were burying him standing up so he'd be on his feet, ready to run with whatever the Dark yeah. Lord had for him or whatever. <laughs> don't take any shit from him when you're down there. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Um, but th- th- it, during that scene, now someone had posted that they really liked this movie, but that the music just sucked and it kind of. Didn't ruin it, but the music just wasn't very good. I love the music in I this. I thought it was cool. When those two cops come to the funeral and they're like, and they play this, this fucking funky-ass music and they're like, hey, Undertaker, the pigs are here, you know? And the, the, you have the one cop that's kind of an asshole, they, the good cop, bad cop thing, and then the one's like, look, fellas, we don't want any trouble. We just want to help you find who's killing your mates, you know. And, and he's the good cop, and they're like, "Look, piggy, get the fuck out of here." <laughs> I don't know if you noticed it in the credits. Uh, they actually gave a credit to the music. It said "Rock and Roll" by Billy Green. Yeah, and I thought that was a, I thought that was pretty pretty cool. Well, and then um, one thing that, <laughs> when we were talking about how like they just come up and just smack you in the face or kick you or whatever and then the next thing you know you're you're all right with them um 
one of the rules that they say right off the bat is, you know, you don't fuck with the, the guy's old ladies. Right. Well, then the next thing you know, Undertaker's chick, as soon as they walk out, fucking comes over to Stone like and, and sits on his lap and starts French kissing him. <laughs> and then, you know, they come in and they're like, hey, we told you that's this. And they, they're – Undertaker's getting ready, pulls a knife out, I think. I can't remember, but like, and is gonna like jump on Stone, and she just fucking kicks Stone in the fucking balls. Oh. And he goes, It's <laughs> like, Jesus, man, I've been kicked in the balls, but I never made a sound like that. <laughs> but they have some chicks, and uh, uh, Roger Ward in one scene, one of his, it, 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 whether it's in this movie or in the other one, it, he must have his sense of. I've talked, you know, just talking to him, and we just bullshit about s- stupid shit sometimes. But um, his sense of humor is he would be good to be, he could be on this show and have no problem with it. Um, but um, there's That's like a scene. something he mentioned in the little the email he sent us. Uh, he, um, he was trying to watch, they were, they were showing Stone on television. Uh-huh. And somebody was visiting an a guy, another guy that acts, and um, the uh, he was this guy was in a new movie, and uh, he said that his wife was calling him in from the living room, and he's like, "I'm watching the the movie." He's like, "You mean the one that you know this guy's in?" He's like, "No, I'm watching Stone." And the guy was like, "What the hell is Stone?" And he's like, "You know, he's trying to get them to be quiet because it's the card scene when he's, <laughs> yeah, that's what to, when he's cheating say. to get the chick to take her shirt off." <laughs> And I don't know what game they were playing. I guess it's strip poker, but it seems like if you get aces and kings in your hand, you shouldn't be losing at strip poker. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that too because he he, uh, (laughs) he, he was just, you know, dealing out the cards and and, – as each person, you know, that's when I heard the name uh, Stinkfinger, and I was like, "Man, if you have a friend <laughs> named Stinkfinger, you know, I don't know, that's, I don't know if that's a friend I would want." But uh, yeah, he. <laughs> and the one thing is too, um, but like I said, even in the other movie, Roger always seems to have like a, a scene where he's doing something kind of uh, cheeky or something funny, yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, and and he is um, he's dealing cards from every fucking pocket from the the collar of his of his you know uh, jacket or whatever from the top of his hat and everything and this girl's not even fucking paying attention but the one thing about that was i imagine that she's like one of the guys old ladies or whatever or a hang around that they all fuck all the time <laughs> so getting her you know I'm not sure that they really would have to cheat to get her naked because they probably all have gangbanged her about 50 times, you know. So anyway, moving right along. Um, there's a scene again with Toad where – and he was he was kind of a, a highlight for me of this movie. I would say make or break, you know. I, uh, with the exception of the motorcycle stuff, he, he – yeah, I, I think he would he, uh, not make or break, but I think he's you know one of the, the the main things that really I liked about this movie, where they're in their bar, which is their hangout, and these two dorks come in oh. dressed in suits, young guys. They look like maybe they're you know maybe in college or something like that, you know Ivy League kind of guys, and they walk into the bar and they're like you know uh, scotch and uh, scotch on the rocks or something. Not scotch. They want a gin and tonic. And he just comes over and starts fucking with these guys. And he makes a – first of all, I think they were like, hey, let's go in here and ha, see what's going on or whatever. By the time they left, they were, they, didn't, they were ready to shit their pants. They were just praying they could get out of that fucking place because it wasn't because um, 
Like he came over and was threatening him like he was going to beat him up. Mm-hmm. He, I think they were afraid that he was going to fucking butt fuck him or something <laughs> because he, he went straight into his big, hairy, uh, scary gay mode. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, give us, give us a kiss. And, and then, uh, you know, he's like, why are you looking? You know, uh, do you want to kiss me? Give us a kiss. Come on. And then, uh, you he know. He sticks his tongue out. Oh, he sticks his tongue out. And then he has, uh, was it Midnight come over? And he's like, I'll kiss you. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God. Because I just put myself in those two guys' situation, in their shoes. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. what the? First of all, I wouldn't go into that fucking place. I, that, that, that was a mistake. Um, but <sighs> Stone... Like I said, he's kind of like a hippie guy. You can kind of tell he, with his girlfriend and everything, that that he goes against convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, even as a cop, he would be like Frank Serpico. When Serpico, all the cops are dressed. Even the the plain clothes guys look like fucking uh, you know Aussie from you know or Aussie Nelson or whatever. They're walking around in fedoras and everything. And Serpico would show up, and he's got long hippie hair and a beard. And all the other cops are like, what the fuck, you know? Well, that's kind of how he is. But he he sees a camaraderie with these guys because they kind of start letting him in, you know, because of some of the courage that he shows in several situations. Yeah. And and uh, I think he feels like – I think he feels like they're starting to like him. And he even Toad, he's starting to kind of like him, you know. And uh, him and Gravedigger – or Gravedigger, that's the name of the of the, the gang. Right, right, Him right. and Undertaker even start kind of having a little bonding thing there. But um, but the thing is, he's not he. Even though he he can see things in them that he admires and everything, and he kind of sort of wants to be that way a little bit. He's still a cop, and he's still very um, he's very dedicated, like to his job and everything. But I like – I'm not going to say um, anything about how the movie ends, Yeah. but I love the ending. Yeah, and because I, I too, so. if you like, – uh, like about even reading about uh, motorcycle gangs and stuff like that, I could 100% see that happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Stone is like, you know, you know, those guys are all right, you know, and uh, blah, 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 blah. And, man, you know, the way it ended, I was like, fuck yes. This Hollywood would never have the balls mm-hmm. to do that because you know what they would do? They would screen it and then people would be like, oh, and then they would change, you know, change the ending. But – um like I said, uh, the, the, this and another thing about this movie too is it's not a long movie. It's no. about an hour and a half, and I mean it gets into it from the get go, and and then it's just non. It's pretty nonstop. There wasn't any sl- really slow moments or anything in it. Nice, some nice titties too. Oh yeah. Oh, nice. uh, the, the one chick that you see first when Undertaker's outside, like reading, or maybe she's reading and he's just smoking on the yeah. on this like yeah. precipice. Yeah, she she was hot, man. There was a couple of drug scenes too, where uh, they, I, I like how they portrayed. Um, like, there, there's a scene where Toad, obviously, he's on, he's doing some acid, 
I think. I mean, I don't do drugs. So I, mean, I, I don't know. But I mean, it's just the way they the way they shot it. And he's just like seeing weird shit. And he's walking around, and even even uh, Undertaker is like looking at him, like, "What the fuck's wrong with you?" <laughs> because the, um, he's, like, he's wild eyed, you know. Like with, with that, it's like okay. So I really like the fucked up music at the beginning, but uh-huh. when with that stuff, I'm, I've never actually been a fan of when uh, a director literally shows like the camera changes when somebody's high yeah and you know what i mean it kind of reminded me of um i think it might have been pink flamingos there's a scene where uh divine is drunk in one of john waters movies and there's this like goofy music playing like boom 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 and the camera's kind of like twisting around and i used to argue with this guy i went to school with because he's like look how genius it is like she's drunk and i'm like look how obvious it is she's drunk great you know and i and i was never been a fan i was you know Never been a fan of that, and it was just reminding me of it in this one. But the, um, I, you know, you mentioned the the silent credits at the beginning. I, that that's how the movie starts. It's really fucking cool. It's like I love the fucked up music when Toad is high, and then um, and then the it starts with the credits, and there's no music at all, and it, you hear the clicks and the yeah of him prepping the motorcycle. Then it just goes silent and shows some credits, and then they show that rock and roll by Billy Green credit, which was awesome. So, um. The uh, in the in the way the the movie even starts, you know, in the first five minutes, you're already seeing all these, I guess, members of the Gravediggers being killed killed off by an unseen person. It's almost Jallo esque, I guess, because you only see his hands ever like stretching a wire across the road to cut the dude's head off and stuff like that. And um, the uh, you don't even you don't know exactly what's even going on until you hear a news report on a radio explaining like that there's you know bikers being killed. Um, and it, you know, nobody's even like addressing it quite yet. So, um, it's the man against man, the counterculture. Man. Uh, there's a there's an epic fucking handlebar mustache on the one dude looking down into the grave as the uh, as Doctor Death is reading him his his last rites or whatever. <laughs> he, uh, this guy's fucking handlebar puts me to shame. He could probably put the ends in his ears. Uh, <laughs> and the. Um, and I, I got a good laugh out of Roger, out of Roger Ward, putting the uh, topless chick in an airplane spin. <laughs> <laughs> when they would, uh, that, that seems to be his go-to move. Uh, yeah. He he does that one a lot in the movies I've seen, where he where he ends up like hand to hand with anybody. Kind of, they always end up on his shoulders because dude's a beast, man. So he's a big dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, I mentioned the I mentioned the drug thing. The um, I, I, you mentioned this, and I said I was going to talk about it. The the part where they're all in the ocean, mm. um, I like that. I liked that scene a lot because the the previous scene was when you know you mentioned it when uh, the chick started making out with Stone, and and then um, Undertaker was pissed about it and pulled the knife on him, and there's almost a fight, and it it just starts off really tense, but then they all kind of smoke pot and hang out and start telling stories and stuff, and then there's the scene in the next morning. I really like how it's done with uh, you know in contrast with the tense night where, you know, everybody becomes equal because they all just take their clothes off and they go and splash around on the water and act like kids. And it was, you know, you see some ball shots oh too. From there was so much dick in that scene. Yeah. There was a lot of dick. Uh, there was a lot of dick in both of these movies. There was, there was no, there was no Roger Ward Roger though. Yeah. 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 They kept it. They, you see, you see Roger's ass. Uh, you know what? But I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of glad because <laughs> because I talked to him and 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 it was I don't know why I would feel like I would have to take a picture of my dick and send it to him just so we could be on even footing. 
You did that anyway, didn't you? I love you, Roger. Here's a picture of my dick. <laughs> Guys hate it when I do that. Um, but like they, they were, they were like flipping each other, like uh, like when you put your you you put some one guy puts their hands together, and the other guy puts his foot in the hands, and then they 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 flip you up in the air, and they're doing like backflips, and you get like full flying flipping balls and cock. <laughs> and like dick floating on on the surface of the water, which I will mention in the next movie too. <laughs> and, and and lots of seventies, lots of seventies naked chicks with hips and real boobs. Yeah, yeah, I um, like that. The uh, and speaking of the scene in the thing that Roger sent us to, um, he he wrote this thing. He said uh, recently, uh, this is about that scene. He said recently, my son Nick, who was a driver in the Army Reserves was shuttling a group of soldiers into the desolation of the Northern Territory when he stopped at an isolated roadside store for refreshments. While waiting for service, he reefed through an ancient magazine and discovered a double-page photograph of a group of actors from the film Stone. I was a little more than the age he is now, and the photograph depicted me and the rest of the cast, male and female, frolicking naked in a cave <laughs> off Sydney Harbor. It prompted him to ring me with a chorus of approval from his army mates, informing, informing me of his find. <laughs> 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 so yeah someday you driving around at a at a redneck store you might find a picture of your dad naked too so i would fucking blow my brains out <laughs> see that son of a bitch naked Ugh. uh so um with the with the ending of the movie um i i felt a little lost uh for a bit there there was a the film kind of and this is this is uh this happens in a lot of biker flicks where they want to show like the guys being bad, and they want to show them getting into fights and riding bikes and stuff like that. And th- and this one, you know, it falls into the same kind of thing where mm. it kind of wanders around a little bit in the middle. Um, it's entertaining if you like biker movies, but as yeah. far as the story goes, as far as Stone trying to figure out who is killing them, I mean, they mm. don't really touch on it. Then the director's like, "Oh shit, we're at an hour and a half. Let's hurry up and in the <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, br- a little abrupt." Um, so you know, I realized that you know, there, he's, <laughs> it took him a while to realize it was actually the story to stick to but i do like what you were mentioning the ultimate resolution of the entire film mm-hmm. um as as stone it, it's it's ultimately the story of stone which you know i guess is obvious in the movie the movie is his name but uh i thought that was a really a, re- a really good way to end it so um i guess ken shorter i just read this on the uh i'm not like some genius guy or anything that has some inside information it's on imdb but uh apparently he was an actual he had been or was an actual cop so okay. you had that uh you know dynamic i'm a cop but uh he he just he's a fucking i i don't know how to explain it there's something about him just like his looks that um he's a pretty boy but he's uh, he I don't, I don't know I can't put my finger on it. I just he's he's he could, he could definitely have been in like Winger mm-hmm. or or something like that and been like the lead singer. <laughs> well, uh, the the DVD that's out of this uh, Severin uh, Severin Films put it out. Um, it's it's bare bones, but um, if you like biker movies, definitely mm-hmm. definitely worth uh, worth picking up. I'd say. Um, Jaw. It's. Um, it's a, it's a fun one. Uh, it's you know it's it's got good stunts. It's got the bikes aren't super impressive as we touched on, but you know what can you do? Um, definitely a good piece of uh, Australian exploitation. So uh, we'll go ahead and get into your scores here. Uh, your score that is. I 
I, for me, I mean, I've seen a lot of, uh, like I said, now I've seen the modern equivalents or where they try and do, like I said, with Bosworth or with Charlie Sheen and the movie that he did. And uh, I think Jake Busey has one. And I think Gary Busey and them had some kind of a biker movie at one time. And everything. And even as far back as, you know, uh, the Billy Jack movie, Born Losers, or um, some of the Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda biker movies. Um I really, honest to God, this this uh, rises to the top of all of those for me. Um, hmm. I would give this like a seven point seven five. Okay. Um, and I I would be tempted to go even a little bit higher than that, but yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. It's it's it it's um it's fast paced. It uh it's not a it's not a really long movie that bogs you down or anything like that. And like I said, I just found it to be pretty authentic. And uh, as far as the bikes go, you know, like I said, that's all I I I, I see. I'm like I love all kinds of motorcycles, and I can see where somebody would be like maybe. A little disappointed, thinking you know, okay, I, I'd rather you know a biker movie. You want to see choppers and Harleys and stuff like that, but but uh, you know that's like I said, I, that's the, the the country that they're in and that you know the kind of bikes they ride, and you know. So I, uh, the only one that the only bike that I really just was like freaked out is when Stone got his super. What would what would be like if if you. And if it was a car movie, you know, he'd show up like uh, Gone in sixty seconds. He'd show up in that Mustang. <laughs> well, this was them them at that time trying to have a tricked out, really cool looking bike, and it was kind of gay look. <laughs> but you know what? That was perfect for Stone because yeah, yeah. you know, no matter how, and he was, and the thing about him too is like you know. Even though he was like kind of the pretty boy guy, and they and they were testing him, he could, he could hold his own. I mean, he he jumped right in, and when they had the big brawl with the uh, the other gang, plus even when Toad was fucking with him, as big as Toad was, I mean, he did like some jujitsu move on him and fucking had him down on his on his back in like two seconds. So, but uh, yeah, uh, that uh, you know. The uh, Toad character fucking jacks it up there real high because he, he's just so fucking awesome. And so seven point seven five. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I was give it. I'd give this a seven point five out of ten. This is the second time I've seen it, and it was. I mean, I might have enjoyed it more this time than even the first. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, as I said already, it's 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 worth a buy if you like biker movies. Um, have Have you ever seen? There's a Dick Clark biker movie. He's not in it. He's oh god, it. Uh, the Savage Seven actually. Have you seen that? Seven, seven. Sounds familiar. It's it's actually it's it, for some reason I just thought of that, but yeah, Dick Clark produced it, but it's good. Um, I think I think Larry Bishop's in it. So I think it would be cool if Dick Clark was like in, uh, and he played like the Stone character, you know, or in uh, what was it, Grease Two, the the uh, Cool Rider, a Cool Rider. That's kind of like what Stone was. He was the Cool Rider. Yeah. That fucking white coat, and oh my god! At first, I was shitting myself. I said, "What a fucking dork!" <laughs> okay, cool. Well, that, uh, but a very hearty recommendation, I'd say, from both of us: uh, seven point five, seven five, and a seven point five. Let's yes. let's, uh, let's take a break and do another Roger pick when we come back. Quite a different movie called The Chain Reaction from nineteen eighty. We'll be right back.
Ahoy, mateys. This is K.A.B., Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here, beaming a signal across the sea. I'll be here playing music all through the witching hour. I'm still waiting to hear from that weatherman. But in the meantime, stay here with me. Be sure to visit our sponsor, Paracinema Magazine. They're the source for all your genre movie needs. Check them out online at paracinema.net. Tell them Stevie sent you. Keep me turned on for a while, and I'll do my best to do the same for you. The Smooth Sound. Fabulous. 
and you got like fucking lice or crabs or whatever, and you don't have any hair on your face, that would be bad enough. But now that I have a giant muff, and man, I haven't shaved since before Horror Hound, nice. and this thing is a muff. I look like Tank Abbott now. <laughs> Honest to God. And I'm heading towards Jim the Anvil Nightheart territory where I can like fucking get a point you know, on the chin. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, chain reaction. An earthquake in rural Australia causes a dangerous leak at Waldo, a nuclear waste storage facility. Heinrich Schmidt, an engineer badly hurt in an accident. In the accident. Knows knows the leak will poison the groundwater for hundreds of miles around and wants to warn the public. His boss, however, is only interested in protecting himself, probably a Republican, and believes (laughs) the accident should be covered up. Definitely a Republican. Even at the expense of thousands of lives, totally a Republican. Heinrich escapes from the facility, but is too badly injured to get very far. Lost in the woods and suffering from amnesia, he is rescued by Larry, an auto mechanic on vacation with his wife, Carmel. As Heinrich tries to piece together this, his memories of what happened, his boss's thugs, Republican thugs, are quickly closing in on the trio. Now, this synopsis was written by Jean-Marc Rocher on IMDb, and I just want to say to you, Jean-Marc, Jesus Christ, dude, you don't have to fucking write a book. <laughs> son of a bitch! You motherfucker! You yes, son, son of a, of a bitch! Fucking Frenchie! <laughs> so, uh, this is uh, directed by Ian Barry, starring Steve... Did we say his name recently? Bisley or Bisley? Bisley. Bisley. I said Bisley, and I was corrected. It is Bisley. And where were we? I was corrected that? by. Why? Why were we talking? Um, about that? Fuck. I don't know. Hmm. Weird. I don't Did know what we're talking about. I don't remember what. I think you know what. I think somebody recommended some or or told us about. I don't remember. It was in an email. God damn. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. I had said uh, something about him on air, and then we got an email that said it's pronounced this, okay. or, or, or a voicemail. Um, but I, I did, uh, because you know I was talking to Roger Ward about these movies. I'm so fucking name-dropping. I love you, Roger. <laughs> uh, you know, you're my best friend now. <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, can I He's like, who is this? What? Yeah, what is, who's, who's this again? Jackass? Anyway, um, I did ask him after viewing this movie if uh, Steve uh, Bisley was a nudist. And uh, (laughs) he said he did like to let it all hang out. So we'll get into that. So, um, yeah, so this is uh, directed by Ian Barry, who I've not seen anything else that he's directed, I don't think. Um, Steve Bisley. 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 Jesus Christ. Was also in Mad Max, so we got all kind. Of, we, these dudes were all just fucking hanging out and making shit and having fun. I think so. Um, and uh, we get another appearance by Toe Cutter here. Um, he's he's very he's a lot cleaner in this one. Um, I did not even fucking honest <laughs> to God because I didn't look at the cast when I was watching this. You know, I I swear to God I did not know that was him. Yeah, yeah. It took me a second. The eyebrows and the um, he's very animated when he speaks. So. Well, he's got all his hair. Yeah. Like he does still, I think, have long hair in this movie, but it's all pulled like straight back, almost like a Gordon Gecko. And um, and and Roger Ward is in here, and uh, 
um, he he plays a mechanic, and actually, um, and and Roger told us this is that, and I still didn't see him, but he said uh, I didn't see it the first time. You look and then thing? right before we went on air, I just went back there, and he's the first guy they show in the garage. He's underneath a car, okay. and they just pan pan by him, and he's got goggles on. He's grinding on the bottom of a car, and there's sparks coming off. But oh, no. it is Mr. Mel. I hate everything Jewish. Gibson. Yay! Bearded, uncredited bearded mechanic. So yes. they, uh, yeah, they, they, um, uh, and I apologize to Mr. Ward if uh, we offend you by calling Rod, Mel Gibson what he is. But the, <laughs> the, um, yeah, Mel Gibson apparently didn't really. They, they just tell, asked him to be in the movie real quick, and he didn't want to be credited. So, um, that was well, I think it, what, he was uh, in the process of making something. Okay. Okay. Oops. So, um, well, this was, um, this is like a, almost like a pre apocalyptic style movie. It, it definitely has a sci a science fiction kind of, kind of flair to it. Um, this Waldo place of all the names, like it's so weird. Western atomic long-term dumping organization. <laughs> it's Waldo. Okay. Where's Waldo? Where's Waldo? Um, and this poor German scientist apparently just works the night shift there by himself. He he's brilliant, yet his job is to fall asleep on tables and watch blinking lights. So, um, this this dumping organization is where they send all the spent water that I guess is used in nuclear power. And I thought I thought it was interesting too um, that in two, in two the two movies we watch, we also get I don't know maybe it was a a, a thing that was going on in Australia in the you know mid to late seventies, but that. Um, we get two politicians kind of talking about you know pollution and environmental stuff in the both mm-hmm. movies. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that was a uh, just something that was a hot button topic at the time in Australia. Well, I think that was just about every. Um, oh my God, this like seventies, early eighties uh, is. I mean, well, I remember was like mid seventies to late seventies, yeah. right? So and and smog being so bad, you know that. Uh, out in Los Angeles that you couldn't even fucking hardly, it, it just looked like when we have fog here and you can't hardly see, it, that was the smog. Plus, there were several rivers um, in, I don't know if it was New York or where it was, where like they, they would catch on fire because they had so much, so much uh, um, shit from uh, toxic waste and stuff pumped into them, and they would actually catch on fire. You know, well, the fucking river catch on fire anytime, anytime. <sighs> God, um, you know, yeah. That, uh, so, uh, and probably my favorite thing of this movie—you get it very early—but is the is the camera work. Um, there's some really nice like tracking shots and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it opens up. There's some nice slow tracks down a hallway, and then it kind of like rotates around, and you see um, what is the scientist's name? Heinrich. You see Heinrich. Heinrich's just like one eye kind of highlighted in a red light as he opens it because he hears an alarm. Um, I really like this track down the hallway when the you see the earthquake happen. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's kind of kind of uh, pertinent for today with all this, all that what happened in Japan with the earthquake and nuclear power. Oh uh, God. The um, you know, so apparently there's a you know it causes a rupture somewhere in this in this facility that lets all this toxic water out, um, this earthquake. So, uh, but yeah, I mean the cool shots just continue on and on. Um, there's a slope, uh, slow pan into one point down a it's 
in, through a truck trailer and the the great there's some really nice lighting too there's a guy he's kind of like the the head republican uh shaving um real treat <laughs> <Right. he's also. laughs> and um and this is when we get to see uh Roger Ward's little appearance in there and he's a fucking specimen in this movie man he was he was ripped um, he had his T-shirt on, but damn, that guy was huge. He's that like was a tight ass everybody. T-shirt. Yes, it was. It was like a. It was an extra large, and that dude was filling it <laughs> raw bone. Raw boned. He's he's a he's a, he's a uh, yeah. He yeah. he's not he's not like uh, fucking one of these juicers today. Yeah. That fucker looked like he could uh, you know bite the end of a beer bottle off and, <laughs> and eat it. Eat yeah. the glass and you know. Crap lightning or what? Eat lightning and crap thunder. I liked his. I liked his little little uh, poof of hair on top too. I thought that was pretty cool. It was almost like a greaser haircut. He had this tiny kind of little like, <laughs> like pompadour thing on top. That was neat. So, um, the uh, the both of these films too get. Um, it's like the director's kind of well. I guess this, I guess Ian probably took some notes from the previous, perhaps. But there's a lot of the trippy stuff. Which usually see the trippy stuff in biker films, but you get a lot of it here too, especially mm. with the the some of the nightmares that Heinrich has with the you know the camera bending and stuff and red water and all this stuff. But what was the deal with this with George Miller? Because I thought that George Miller, when I first started watching this, I, he's the one that did Mad Max, and then he brought all these guys together and said, you know, because Mad Max all of a sudden became a big hit. Mm-hmm. So he said, well, how we got to get these guys together and make another movie and kind of cash in on the Mad Max thing. But I thought when I was watching this, I thought George Miller was, it was his movie, but like he started to do it and then he stopped doing it. And then he just brought in this other guy and, but he still shot certain I'm not, I'm not, stunts. I'm actually certain not even things. sure, but the, I, yeah. mean, I don't know how much he had. Maybe he did the, maybe he shot the stuff that I liked as far as the camera work. I don't know. Uh, he, produ- he produced it. Okay. And then it <laughs> There was something to the effect, okay, he was originally scheduled to direct this movie, uh-huh. but Miller withdrew from the project but ended up directing uncredited stunt sequences and second unit only. Miller is credited as an associate producer on the film. He ended up directing the second unit and stunt sequences more out of necessity than uh, invention as this was because the production was running over schedule, running out of money. So, yeah, but as I was watching this, I even when I was posting – uh, this is how much I prepared for this movie, for this podcast today. Um, as I was posting, I posted, uh, we're going to be doing Stone from 19-whatever and and also George Miller's chain, The Chain Reaction. <laughs> and then as soon as I posted it, I was reading that and I was like, oh, fuck. So I had to go back and you – because know, on, on hey, silver and gold. Silver and gold. We like to um, you know, be – Come, we like to come correct. Yeah. So, and it took me two seconds to fucking do it. <laughs> uh, with this, uh, you know, with with those slow pans and stuff. Did you ever? I don't know. I got a, I got kind of like a Kubrick feel out of certain parts of the film with the yeah yeah some of the like futuristic quote unquote stuff that was definitely still late seventies. Do you um, have the cricket thing ready? Yes. Because I was just going to make a comment uh, about. Uh, David Slopan from uh, Big Trouble in Little China instead of David Lopan. 
Got it. Um, All right. There we go. <laughs> the, but uh, it's like there are certain elements of it that remind me of Clockwork Orange. Well, even like when they're at the very beginning of the Clockwork, when they're panning through that milk bar, you know, with the very, very dated but futuristic um, kind of technology, like the, uh, sorry, the decorations in the bar. So um, I had that feeling from it. So, um, so yeah, the in this in this the um, this ground this water has basically seeped into the groundwater, and this uh, guy that's I think you read the whole plot has uh, has escaped, <laughs> and he's kind of delirious because he's poisoned from because he's completely just drenched, almost drowns, and um, they they want to they want to just uh, off him basically this government agency, but he escapes and he needs to he wants to tell everybody what has happened and not to drink the water basically in this area. And, um, so that's why the government agencies after him to shut him up. And he's so delirious. He, like, he never can tell exactly all he has is these nightmares and, and, um, you know, Bisley and his, his lady friend who, who played her, um, Arna Marie Winchester, Arna Maria Winchester. I did <laughs> no. not recognize her, but, um, she does show her titties a few times, which is, Oh yeah. Um, my wife even saw it this morning. She's like, "Hey, I looked up at the right time." Um, cuz when they're laying in bed and her she's like, "I sleep like that all the time." I'm like, "No, you don't." So <laughs> yeah. yeah, what the hell? Um but yeah, I love the the vintage, I guess, futuristic stuff. The the noise that the government agent's Geiger counter makes is neat. Yeah. Uh, that weird clicky sound, but it's like extra uh there's extra volume on it. And um, you know, it, it, the sound effects do make it feel a little dated, but I like that the same sound is used in the score to kind of imply that certain people might be poisoned when they're splashing around in water and stuff. Um, you hear that same sound effect repeated a few times, even when the Geiger counter is not, not in effect. So, but, uh, the, um, so yeah, the, you get that constant, like, I guess threat of poisoned water, and it's kind of neat how they do it a few times. It always goes back to it. It, it. There's a theme of, I guess, pending doom and water that plays through the movie. And I thought it was pretty well done. Um, you know, the the story of the uh, I don't remember the name of the story, but the the children's story about the kid that put his thumb in the or put his finger in the dam to keep the wa- town from flooding. Um, it put his it put his finger in dikes, two in the pink, one in the stink. Yes, to keep the town from from overflowing. Uh, the <laughs> Um, and speaking of water, like I said before, we do get uh, a penis floating in on the surface of water here as well. I was like, oh, that's a cool little uh, <laughs> thing to bring back. Um, but I, I did like the I did like the bringing it back the with the you know the poisoned water. You know, they even get a close up of um, of uh, what's her name in the movie? Anna Maria Winchester, Arnold. Carmel, Carmel. You, you get a you get a shot of her like cl- slow motion do or not slow motion a close up doing a, a French press, and it's like you know a French bubbles. press. What the fuck's it? a French press? The coffee thing. Oh okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I thought maybe that was like a move that Bisley was putting on her when he was <laughs> tapping that ass. Yeah. So no, like when she's making the coffee and you see the close up of the 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 water bubbling up around it and. um and Heinrich, yeah. Heinrich wants to tell her, you know, you might not want to drink that, but he doesn't. He's not sure exactly why. Um, the uh, there's a scene that fucking I, I I laughed at, which wasn't funny, 
but I, I just liked it. I just liked the image of it so much. Um, Steve Bisley's car in the movie. I don't know what it was. It was almost like, like a uh, what would they call this fucking El Camino? It was like where it was El like Camino. half pickup truck, half car. I fucking love love El Caminos. The I, I read the other day. I was looking up El Camino pictures online because that's what I jerk off to, and uh, looking up yeah, pictures it's... and somebody would have described it as the the mullet of muscle cars. <laughs> yes, and and Sammy, I guess had. Either had one or a co- his dad had one. Nice. My dad and had he one said they too. very easy. It was very easy to wreck them huh. because they had no weight in the back and they oh. were rear wheel drive. And then I guess they had a you know had like have a V eight engine in them or something. Mm-hmm. Or that might have just been the fact that he couldn't fucking drive for shit. And he's an alcoholic. So. And he fucking drives down the road. With making goddamn videos instead of watching the fucking road, <laughs> singing and shit. But I believe in the thing called love. <laughs> Just a little, little bit of heart. It's like um, uh, Larry is his name. Larry's El Camino or fake El Camino is so fucking cool in this movie. It's like it's like a conversion El Camino. It's like somebody took like an, a GM yeah. early eighties late seventies GM car and made it into a pickup truck. And has like a fucking like a. A, uh, a, a some kind of custom paint job on it, you know. Oh, it's, it is so badass. But I love the scene when he finally do, he drives the town, and you get his fucking two tone driving gloves, his <laughs> yeah. El Camino, his fluffy mullet kind of blowing around, his aviator sunglasses, and his satin jacket. Oh my god, that was like a boner inducing moment right there. The noise that it's making, and I I really like in car chase scenes in these movies when. And they they do it in this one, and you know it's in it's in tons of movies. But before the music hits, and you get like the loud, like you get the outdoor shot, mm-hmm. and this is probably where the George Miller stuff came in. Is and you could see a lot, of, like, even like with uh, Man from Hong Kong, it reminded me of that. A lot mm-hmm. of out of the car, like mounted camera work as there's car chases going on. But you get the loud, loud um, uh, car engine, but then it shows like the guy driving. Um, and you get the you get the sense that it's going fast because the camera's vibrating and stuff. But then the the the, the motor sound is muffled inside the the cab of the car, which I, I always think is a cool. That thing is called a Holden, Ute or Ute Ute. It's uh, it's Holden, you know, like William Holden, and then U T E. And I, apparently they still make them. Ooh, my next <laughs> car, nice. Yeah, they've ever made them in the United States. I'm if they're only. I'll talk to my good friend Roger and see if he can get us a good deal. <laughs> oh man, fucking! He's probably uh, like you, fucking idiot. Shut the fuck. Up. <laughs> he's not gonna listen to this shit. What Look, you talking? stupid bastard. <laughs> what are we thinking? He's never gonna listen. To this <laughs> Grab us both by the back of the neck and smash our heads together like Mo. <laughs> oh my God, there's some awesome fucking holding oots on here. Holding oot. <laughs> I'm holding oot for a different car. <laughs> when you get out of the car, when you when you close the door and you hit the clicker to lock the door, instead of it going, coo, 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 it goes. <laughs> oh, oh man, I'm gonna fucking post this one picture on here of a, of a very vintage looking one. But the um, <laughs> where were we? <laughs> I don't know. I'm totally lost now. What the fuck? Um, this is a. Uh, this this movie I first became aware about from um, when I went to uh, Action Fest. It's an action movie festival that's here in North Carolina now. Um, a couple of years ago, and before the films would show, they would show just clips of random movies. And there's a 
<laughs> the car chases in this are really good. They're just not very long. I like what the them a hell's lot. that? What? What was what? I just heard like fucking seagulls and in my headphones. It must have been a pop up from the hold note thing. Yes, it was. <laughs> Authentication thing or something. I was like, it scared me. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? All right, the, sorry. Um, Go ahead. Well, the they the second of the two big car chases in the movie, they they would just show that clip before films would would play at Action Fest and mm-hmm. I was like, I got to figure out what this fucking movie is. So um, I, I did some asking around, and that's how I first became aware of it and checked it out then. So, but um, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll get your thoughts on it and see what you have to say. You done? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, um, when I first saw Mad Max, okay, mm-hmm. I was always kind of the guy. I don't know why, you know, because you know, of course, Mel Gibson, he's got the charisma, even though he's like four feet tall and and he's fucking an anti semite. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, he's the he's the star of the movie, so obviously he's the focus of Mad Max. But for some reason, this is just the kind of person I always was when I was a kid. I I like I liked Goose. Which was Steve Bisley. Mm-hmm. He was Mel Gibson's like uh, sidekick, his his partner. He he was a motorcycle cop. He rode like they rode like crotch rockets and shit like that. So I always thought, man, I would love to see this guy in something else. Well, you know, because I'm not from Australia, and you know, we don't get a lot of those movies over here until the internet popped up. Um, I'd never seen him in anything else, and you know he's got a certain amount of charisma. I, uh, what do you think? Do you think he's like leading man material? Like, I mean. Did yeah, he, does, I mean he's. Uh, I mean he's he you know he's a decent looking guy. I mean he's and he, he's very. Um, You'd fuck him. I'd fuck him, and All I right. mean he he's not afraid to show his dong floating. Oh no, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I mean you know for for this type of genre film, I think he was perfectly yeah, fine. He was, I mean he he was, was, he's he's very, he's nicely animated. He's very, he's good. I mean I mean mm-hmm. he's not like, you know, he's not like fucking like a Hollywood type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean for for like a B movie or for. Well, I saw him in. Uh, I can't remember what the movie was called. It was a it was a newer one, and I I'd watched it. Oh shit! Read something where he plays the old like a, it's a modern day oh, western. Red Red Hill. Red Hill, yeah. and he was in that, and I mean, I, I was, I was like, I really liked him in that. I was like, man, hey, you know, he's pretty pretty good actor, you know, and and now he's you know probably in his what late fifties. Yeah, he's looking a little older. I was. It's funny you said that because I was getting ready to say he would be good in a, in a probably be good in a western. So. Yeah, but he was he was uh, he was pretty good in that. Um, so I you know I liked him, but he, like you said, that it, it's definitely uh, a like a time capsule because you know in Mad Max he has like you know really short hair, and in this one he does rock the. It's not the mullet like where you have the crew cut on the sides and the flat top, and then have the long thing in the back. He just has like a full. He could he could um, have been in like uh, Judas Priest or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he got get, definitely has a, a Rob Halford looking uh, yeah. kind of fluffy in the back mullet. Almost the kind. Of, it's like not quite long hair, like not enough to whip around, but. Um, enough to blow in the wind, <laughs> but I could see I could see Steve Bisley in this movie going to Ian Barry and saying, "Listen, you know, Ian, okay, I know what we need in this movie, and what we need in this movie 
is more of my cock <laughs> and more of my ass because I'm telling you what, this guy, I don't know him personally. My good friend, Roger Ward, does. <laughs> I, I, uh, sorry, Roger. Anyway, um, this guy to me seems like the kind of guy that would drop his fucking drawers at the drop of a hat for any fucking reason. He is naked in this movie so much that I was like literally like Jesus Christ, man, put your fucking put some fucking pants on. Um even to the point where he um he has a like a robe on and he sits down at the piano to play the piano for his lady friend and when he does like you know when uh, a concert pianist would sit down and they had the tuxedo with the like the tails in the back and they flip it up he flips it up and he's naked underneath so he shows his ass there too he loves to be naked um let's see um i liked um like i said uh, with roger ward uh in the previous movie with the card game or he's always doing something kind of like funny off to the side you yeah, know right big guy doing something funny uh and he i think it was i think it was larry and carmel it was carmel's mother i think it was larry's mother-in-law shows up at the garage and uh as they're pulling out and leaving you know he's got he's standing there and he he he's like you know don't worry mum and he puts his arm around her and he's got a grease gun and he says something and it's like a boner thing where he lets the the uh the hose of the grease gun Go, you know, erect, which was cute. It was funny. There was a waitress in this that um, kind of a, a redheadish waitress, and I like the ginger uh, or the you know kind of reddish hair or whatever. Was that I thought she was kind of later on that was coming to get his dirty plates. Yes, going to get toe cutters, yes. dirty plates. Yes, I, she had her tits hanging out there. That was that, yeah. was, uh, that was kind of a neat scene with a uh, toe cutter with his hand kind of spread out on the. On the yeah, bars, yeah. he wasn't quite touching her, but you could tell it was implied. It was kind of cool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was kind of like the, uh, you know, the uh, she could have very easily been in Mel's diner, you know, and yeah, saying kiss yeah. my not kiss my grits, but you know, the the kind of waitress that would have the the two top two buttons of her of her uh, uniform unbuttoned so she could show some cleavage to get tips for tits or whatever. Um, she likes the tip. What was the champagne jizz joke? There was like something where champagne. Oh, kinda, what was that? I wrote champagne jizz joke. So somebody opened a bottle of champagne, like when they were Timely. getting excited, and it popped open like a like a like a bunch of a bukkake. Anyway, uh, I thought like some of the feel of this, the way they shot it, and everything. Um, Kind of reminded me of like early John Carpenter in Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Okay, yeah. Be- Even the sound, like the score too. Yeah, because it's not it's not a straight up horror movie, but and neither was Assault on Precinct Thirteen. It was a siege movie or whatever. But this sort of the same sort of the same field is what mm-hmm. is what I got with this. Now this movie was made in 1980, and the the also uh, before I even looked up the dates, uh, I remembered. Um, the movie with Michael Douglas, Jack Lemmon, and Jane Fonda, who just turned 74 years old the other day. What a hot mama she was back in the day. When she was young, oh my God. Even when she was a fucking uh, a traitor to the country, I'd have fucked her brains out. But I digress. Anyway, you know, and, and it makes you even want to fuck her more. Uh, just that she's kind of a bitch. Uh, 
Um, like when she was in Clute, I don't like that fucked her. Donald Sutherland, oh. yeah, got right in there. Anyway, yeah. what? But you know, she kind of, sort of looks like Henry Fawn in the face a little bit, which kind of oh. throw you like a like a two face. You know, sometimes they look a certain way, but in certain light, like you'd be doing her, and she'd turn like look over her shoulder if you're doing a doggy, and you and you'd see Frank from fucking uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. <laughs> anyway, what the fucking hell? Um. <laughs> oh, so anyway, okay. So how, how, how do I get, how, uh, No, no, no. You're, you're. I'm even past that. Oh. Um, um, there was a movie called The China Syndrome, and the thing is, these movies both were made right about the same time, and I, the reason was is because after um, Three Mile Island, Three Mile Island took place in '79, so it was probably like one of the first times where. There was a big um, nuclear accident, uh, and everybody was worried. And then you know you got this. It's almost like a paranoid thriller thing where the government will do everything to to shut it, to 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 keep it under wraps. Yeah. Uh, and it even says on the um, on the poster. You know, I guess I'm looking at it right now. That's why I didn't see it until just now. It says Mad Max meets the China Syndrome, which you know, okay, playing off Mad Max being a big hit. Um, Oh man, I gotta go to the bathroom. Anyway, <laughs> um, um, some of the car chases there, there, there was one one specific stunt which it reminded me of Mad Max, where the I think the the, the um, there was a car. I think one of the the police interceptor goes through a didn't it go through a billboard or something? No, it hit that fucking van. Mm-hmm. In Mad Max, there oh, was the, a van the, going the across the thing that fucking just yeah. blew it yeah. to pieces. Yeah, and it just yeah, it, it like fucking spun you. There was a there was a stunt like that where one car just smashed, going like crazy in, right into another car and just, just annihilated it. That was pretty cool. Some of the car stuff, I wasn't as impressed with. Yeah, uh, because when they would show from the inside of the car, I didn't get the feel of the speed. Yeah, uh, I don't know if like because I think what it, what maybe what it was was of course they're not going to have Steve Bisley. I don't think you know in a now of course in not quite Hollywood they said hell we just put the guys in the car and say just fucking go for it. But the, when they were showing him in the car and he was supposed to be in this high speed kind of chase. There were several times where I didn't feel like that the car was moving as fast as what it was when they showed it from the outside, and it kind of—I don't know—I did. There was there was just some, some of the car chases I wasn't I expected because of the Mad Max connection and the George uh, Miller connection. I expected this, you know, just to be some really hairy ass fucking car chases, and I didn't get that. Now, there were times when he was driving that fucking Holden Oot or whatever you pronounce Holden it, Oot. Um, and he was <laughs> shifting gears and everything, and the, just the sound of the engine, and I was like, fuck, man, yeah, you know, that's cool. But there was a couple of, of car chases. When, I think it was when um, hmm, they, it, it was the one where they, they were headed towards the tunnel, and yeah. it was like a one lane tunnel, and he he squeezed in in front of him. But the whole thing leading up to that, except for when that that car plowed into that other car, I was kind of like, well, yes, I, I didn't. It didn't really give me give me a, like a big hard on or anything. Um, uh, we had yeah, I I put down uh, about Bisley's 
uh, aviator sunglasses and driving gloves. Yeah, and uh, you know, like you said, it was so, it was he was very eighties with that. Um, um, the 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 white uh, hazmat suits with the like the gas mask things; mm-hmm. those are so fucking creepy <laughs> and weird. Like you know, when when you're when you're out and you're either naked or just have clothes on and here comes these guys and they're in these fucking weird looking suits, almost like aliens coming to get you, you know? Uh, so that was kind of cool. It had, uh, just, like I said, just that paranoid government cover up kind of a thing. Um, I almost expected, I guess maybe there's so many zombie movies out these days. I almost expected like their people were going to start mutating, but it was more realistic. I mean, yeah. yeah, he was mutating, but he was dying, you know, from being exposed to nuclear waste or whatever. Um, that's about all I have. Like I said, uh, um, I always want to just say toe cutter. Um, he, if you watch Man, confusing. it was a little confusing to me why who he was in the movie. It was for me too. Yeah. He um, just showed up, and then the next thing you know, he's like. In the jail and helping, or was he helping? And he was supposed you know, to be um, Heinrich's uh, contact. Like that was going to be the one he spread the information through. Yeah. I think. But they thought Bisley and his wife were. Yeah. So um, because, because they were like, okay, he he he's a driver and she's a nurse. How convenient. Yeah, that's too much coincidence. Yeah. So, and uh, I, I I totally forgot to mention this one guy. The the main baddie is. They, they got. They, well, first of all, they have a very Nazi feel to them because they're very, yeah. you know, clean cut and blonde and everything. But the um, his like second in command or whatever. It's this. Uh, he's mute. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, 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 yeah. He was. He was. That was a really cool character. I thought because yeah. you know he would do sign language. He was obviously he could hear because people would talk to him. Mm-hmm. But what a creep that guy was. Um, the fact well, that he didn't talk helped a lot. He probably wasn't a very good actor. That was probably why. But <laughs> <laughs> he should have had Playboy Gary Hart as his manager. <laughs> you know? But um, the the uh, you know American government. Yeah, well, not just American government, but the Russian government or whoever uh, after. World War II. I mean, these guys were, could be complete. It's like uh, uh, Doctor Strangelove with the titular Doctor Strangelove. Uh, you know, we used Nazi scientists, and we didn't give a fuck if they were the you know who they were. Yeah. Uh, we used them for in you know in our intelligence service. We used Nazis and even scientists. We used Nazis, so they were probably going for something there too. But uh, but but I will say this. These weren't Americans hiring Nazis. These were those lousy Australian fuckers. It's true. You know, we would never do anything like that. Um, so anyway, um, that's about all I have. I didn't have a, a ton of notes uh, for this. So, cool. but uh, oh, and and I've never seen a prison. I've seen a lot of movies with uh, prison stuff in it. I've never seen a prison serve uh, plates of beans and parfaits for their dinners. <laughs> Well, that was more like a, that was just the jail one. I mean, it wasn't like a, a prison. I mean, it was just like Andy Griffith bringing an Otis a plate of fucking Aunt B bringing in some fried chicken. Yeah, and a parfait. Uh, all right. Well, um, I actually like this quite a bit. Um, the first time I saw it, I was kind of lukewarm on it, but uh, I guess it caught me at a better time this time. Um, what is that a metaphor? I don't know. It caught you at a better time, like uh, Anchorman. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> sometimes you speak in like these counterculture terminology that <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a, not, I'm, I'm like stone. I'm a square. I, I don't do understand. Not see this movie 
Stone. Uh, uh, wait, what? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> <laughs> the um, uh, no, but I, I enjoyed this this time. Um, I would definitely watch this again. And uh, sorry to repeat myself again, but the, for the, me, this is a, a another seven point five out of ten. Um, this is a. Uh, it's not super actiony. But uh, the parts that um, I enjoyed this time weren't something I think that just like passed me by the the first time I saw it. Um, especially the camera work that I thought was really cool through a lot of the movie, um, and um, you know the car, the, the the driving scenes. Well, not you know I've seen better, but yeah, they were solid. I liked them a lot. So seven point five for me. I um, I think that I when you just said that it just was totally spot on for me. I think that I was. Like you were the first time you saw it, it was a little underwhelming. Yeah. It, it was it it wasn't what I expected, and if I watched it again, I I, I might be the exact same way. Or if I fucking you know took some medication and <laughs> sat down and you know no I I um I would watch it again. Yeah. Uh, and and um uh, I like the characters and stuff like that. And I I didn't I didn't know what to ex I really didn't know what to expect. I just thought it was going to be an, an ins- from not quite Hollywood. I thought it was going to be just this insane stunt fest yeah. movie. And it really it had elements of that, but they were just a small part. It was pretty much a like I said, you know, China syndrome kind of a of a movie, mm-hmm. almost with a with a almost a horror esque feel to it. So anyway, I would give it a me. I'd give it a seven. It's a good movie, yeah. and it's it's shot really well. Yeah, and I think Paul on our group was asking us if these were buys because he saw them first yeah. in price. Stone, uh, if you like biker flicks, definitely this one. This one might be a rental unless yeah. this kind of. Um, this idea of like the whole like you know threat of pollution kind of and like uh, creepy sci-fi kind of feel to a movie is your cup of tea. This one. I hate to one. say it. It should be. I was just going to say because you know it's 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 because of the time period that it was in. You know that time period may have passed us by, but it it sh- not at all. When you think about it, this movie is fucking relevant as shit today yeah. Yeah. because of the, 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 the stuff that happened in Japan, which yeah. now they're saying – they just said a few days ago that all the reactors are now um, shut down and everything's cool, well, whatever, if, it poss- if there's any way that it could possibly could be. But we're seeing now with, with these power plants, nuclear power plants in the United States um, – when they built them, they said they have a like a forty year uh, lifespan of being safe, and the forty years is up like now. And they were talking about when this this uh, this this community out west uh, back in the day, and all of a sudden the government came in and they told everybody get out, you have to relocate. And nobody knew. They're like, what the fuck's going on? And everybody's like, this movie, what's going on? The government, they came in. They kicked us all out of our houses and relocated us. And nobody would talk. Nobody would tell anything. And they set up like barbed wire and all this shit. And, and people were like, we want to get in there. We'll find out. Well, what it was was that's where they started developing the atomic bomb. Well, there's so much fucking nuclear waste there now. And, and it's not like – the, the, how they contained it with whatever they used to contain it to hold it, uh, it's 
it only has a certain life before they it starts breaking down and they're going to have to do something with it. So then it's going to get in the water supply and then they're going to send these guys out and Steve Bisley's going to get fucking naked. <laughs> and that that even had a Silkwood. So did you see the movie Silkwood with Cher? And, I didn't see that. Okay. Well, uh, Meryl Streep works in the nuclear power plant. This is probably about the same time that these movies were made. And she um, – that, well, that was a true story. Kurt Russell's in that too. Uh, she gets exposed to radiation. Uh, and she was kind of not a union person or something like that, but she was asking questions and there was always a, um, a paranoid thing that maybe they, they exposed her on purpose to, to, to uh, get her out of the way or to fuck with her or whatever. And the, it, one of the classic scenes in that movie was when – they would have to when they were leaving work or going from one place to the other instead of having a metal detector they had like a Geiger counter thing they had to walk through and they just walked through it nonchalantly every day because if you were careful you never had to worry about it and she was just walking through like okay I'm going home you know and walked through and it went because she was contaminated and they had they took her into this thing and one of the classic scenes in the movie is um Strip her completely naked, put her in this shower, and then these people in hazmat suits with these big push broom-like brushes yeah, that are yeah. real coarse just scrubbed her like till she was completely raw. And uh, that's what they did to Bisley and his, and his, lady. His, his lady, of course. But I think in this movie, it was more just a thing where Bisley said, you know, listen, <laughs> I think that if I fucking got naked – or I, I am willing – I am a method actor and I am willing to go the extra mile. Can you show my butthole? Is there a way that we can show my balls from behind, my dick floating in water, swimming naked in water? Let's see. What are they? Okay, fucking. They were fucking. Yeah. Um, swim, he was swimming in the water and then he pulled her in the water. Uh, then they got the, the uh, decontamination thing where they were naked trying to say oh and then he flipped his tails up to show his ass i'm telling you the dude has uh he's very free anyway i just want to speak on steve bisley's nudity and maybe we can uh, get him to call into the show we i'm gonna steve put in a and yeah let's what we're gonna put in a, maybe maybe i'll i'll speak to my friend <laughs> call up roger give him ask him say could you well, i don't him? want to drop names just let's just say my friend okay my good, right. my personal buddy. So sounds like another recommend from. <laughs> He's gonna from fucking us. hate uh, my what? guts. What? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid fucking idiot. <laughs> cool. Well, let's come back. We'll do a little bit of feedback and wrap things up. All right. We'll be right back. Nachos. But my balls is. When I come home after a hard day's work, there's <laughs> nothing better than listening to outside the cinema. I like to draw a bubble bath and get in there and play with the bubbles. And Sometimes I fart in the tub and some of the bubbles come up and I'll scoop a bubble up in my hand and I'll pop it and smell my own fart. I like to smell my asshole. Coming out his asshole! <laughs> I love that promo. Born to 
<laughs> all right. I guess we could come back. <laughs> we just laughed all through that fucking thing. So. Uh, the name of that song is Australia. Eh? Eh? Oh. That fucking cricket's huge. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're uh, coming back with our massive feedback. We need to come up with like a little mascot. So have somebody draw us a picture of like a cricket. That's <laughs> a silver and gold shirt on, and we just keep it off to the side. It sits there smoking cigarettes until it's until we say something stupid. And it's got a nice rack and a big dick. That rubs his dick and balls together and makes it sound uh, a nice rack and a big dick. Yeah, yeah. We got We got to have a transsexual. Ooh, <laughs> transsexual. Tied in cr- the next. Tied in the next what? week. <laughs> what? 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 Um, all right. Feedback. All right. Hey guys, it's the Cinemascus Justin R. Walter here. I wanted to call in on the Zoe Deschanel debate. Now, first and foremost, <laughs> Mikey, I consider you a very dear friend. I agree with you in your call. There's a lot of times when you make a phone call and I'm thinking, I want to agree with this person, but I kind of mistake it for me for a second. And uh, <laughs> I'm pleased to be on Action Attraction, and I hope to be on a few times. With that being said, I completely disagree with you. I, I'm with Zom, and love, I, I love the Zoe Deschanel. I think she's a great actress. I think she's very, very attractive. Sexy. Wait a minute. I didn't I like say she was a great actress. Family, you know, <laughs> don't know much of her music outside of, you know, when she sings in films. But I think she's great. Uh, I actually really, really enjoy her. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but I have a copy of Our Idiot Brother sitting, waiting for me to be watched. So I'll see what she does for me in that film. And nice one thing, you know, I love her, and I love her much, 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 much more than her nice sister Emily, who's on that show Bones. See, I don't really like Emily Deschanel, but Zoe Deschanel, I'm fine with. So, Zom, Loaf, I'm on your guys' side. Zoe Deschanel all the way. All right, I'm Keep changing my fucking boat then. <laughs> Fuck that. This boat Fuck that shit. How much? I must. What was I thinking? There was a, this is actually a, de- a topic of debate at work this week. Uh, somebody was watching an episode of Bones on their lunch break, and the guy was like, oh, I don't even like Zoe Deschanel. I totally like uh, the other sister. sister better. I'm like, what? Look at her. She's not, nothing special at all. Zoe Deschanel's totally cuter. Mm-hmm. So, she could sit on my fucking face. Is that, the noise? is that the noise you make when somebody says, I don't know. I don't know she could sit was. on my Tank Abbott fucking <laughs> encrusted. Doesn't oh, I'm telling you, this is a muff, man. The ladies. I'm, I'm serious. I fucking, since I've grown this goddamn thing, I, I would have grown this fucking thing a long time ago if I'd have known all these weirdos would be like, oh, my God. Oh, it looks like a, oh, I want to sit on your face, Zom. I'm like, I fuck. That, I hate when that happens. They're such losers. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was it for the feedback this week. Actually, thanks, so, guys. So uh, yeah, we got some uh, weigh in on the Zoe Deschanel argument. Um, kind of. I like Justin. Justin's a good guy. What was his uh, fear? I can never remember his fucking. What the fuck's his name? Uh, what? His his uh his blog network or whatever the hell it is. Who knows? Some wrestle crap. I can't remember. No, it's not wrestle crap. No, it he used was to affiliated be affiliated with Russell yeah. Crowe. I don't remember. God, I'm sorry, man. I'm so bad. You got to plug your shit when you call in, because I've got <laughs> I've got the I've got the memory I've got the memory of a fucking show. three year old anymore. What? I plugged my shit for most of the show, but in that last break. <laughs> oh my god, I, I've, my coffee's <laughs> just been flowing right through me today. It's ridiculous. So. Talk about a fucking nuclear meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's it for feedback. Um, sucks, man. Oh, well, what can you do? 
That's no feedback at all. I think we pissed Emily off. Yeah, talk, making fun of her uh, her phone call or her lack of phone call last week, sending an email. Yeah, that's all right. Gary Carter, Gary Carter was her fucking crush. I think everybody's doing their Christmas thing, and we didn't even fucking mention Christmas except for the beginning of this show. It's pretty bad. Everybody's going to do their Christmas theme show, and we have a fucking Xmas. Their Xmas theme show, and uh, we do do we do two Roger Ward movies. I'd like to find a maybe I can find a picture of Roger Ward in a Santa Claus hat, and I'll put that on the blog post yeah, for the show. Um, so yeah. We will get into what we're watching next week. Uh, what we've decided on is a little, um, I guess. Gay uh, homo movies. <laughs> no, no. A uh, transgender week on uh, Silva and Gold. Um, I've been wanting to review this. I posted a clip of it last week. I fucking love this movie. It's hard to spoil my review already. But uh, we're going to be doing, I think it. 2003? It was right around then. Hedwig and the Angry Inch. It is a kind of a rock opera, if you will. And um, then one... You're going to like it, man. I promise. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. And then we're going to do um, one that I've not really heard much of, except that it is one of the <laughs> worst movies ever made. <laughs> Maya Breckenridge from what? 70... Yeah. Raquel Welch is a red hot tranny, <laughs> and I'm telling you what, it's still Raquel Welch, Daddy O. So yeah, uh, <laughs> Maya Breckenridge, one of the worst movies ever made, and um, had Rex Reed, one of my one of my favorites. What? Rex Reed, I think, did he? He directed Maya Breckenridge, and he was such an asshole critic. He's a movie critic, and he was such an uh, an asshole. And then, you know, it was almost like uh, Roger Ebert. You know, Roger Ebert, was a, he's a film critic, so he decides, ah, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a film critic. I watch so many movies like us. You know, when we say, oh, shit, we ought to write a movie. It'd be good, you know, because we watch so many movies. Uh, and then you make a colossal turd. <laughs> Myra. I was thinking I was saying Maya. Myra Breckenridge. From, it's 1970. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's earlier than I thought. So Check out the pictures of Raquel Welch. Scott. I'm saying this to my listeners. My listeners, not yours. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're big in China. Any. You have those Chinese. I have the Chinese listeners. So yeah, you guys, check out Hedwig and the Angry Inch. You'll like it. I don't know about this Myra Breckenridge shit. So. It'll uh, probably suck, but it's got Thurston Howell the Third in it. Well, it's May got May West. West. So she must have been like just, eighty when they made this movie. Yeah. God, there she was, was born in eighteen ninety three. She she was close yeah. to eighty. Jesus Christ. All right, so there was um, always a rumor that she was a dude. Uh oh, <laughs> that was a big uh, what you call secret. Secret. So yeah, turn in, tune in next week uh, and listen to us shit all over that one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, as always, you can uh, send us feedback to. So sorry, what's our number? Silva Gold. That's our email address. Podcast at <laughs> gmail.com. Silvergold206. 206-339-1600 is our email. Um, and, uh, yeah, join our Facebook group. Um, it's a closed group, so you got to ask to join. Don't just think yeah. you're just going to stumble across it because that is a travesty of a group. Uh, fuck that group. Just some stuff that's going to make your stomach turn, and it is Worst awesome. Group ever. I'm, I almost, I swear to God, this week, literally, I'm not joking. <laughs> 
I almost fucking quit the group. No, stop. Stop with your with your nonsense. It's awful. Mm, I love pretzels. But but I will say this: Mark fucking saved it with the Rick James pictures. Oh uh, yeah. So fucking. even though he looks like goddamn, he was the director of the CIA in that fucking picture. <laughs> where he's sucking on that bottle of pop. <laughs> Look at it, dude. <laughs> All right. All right. We're eating nope. now on air. Nom nom nom. Nom nom. Um. um yeah, that's it. We're fucking stumbling over everything. Fucking like well, that. well, you know, it's almost Christmas. When is Christmas? Uh, by the time when people hear this, well, when they download it, Christmas will be tomorrow. It's in three days. All right, we will. All right, enjoy your holiday. Just enjoy remember, the show, maybe if you can. In the know. spirit of silver and gold, for Christmas, we just want to say to all our listeners. God is dead. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, we'll, see y'all. <laughs> we'll see all you assholes next week. Until then, yeah. motherfuckers, this is Loaf Oot. Eat my farts. It's on Oot. Get on my face. 